Oh. Whoa, what's up, everybody? Wow, here we are, episode 117, with a uh -oh. super, ex extremely very special guest, Dominic Sagona. I'm super excited. extremely very special. That's a lot. I can't believe it took us 117 episodes to get to Dominic, but here we are. <laughs> I, know. I thought he would have been one of our first. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess, uh, you know, as we, as we said before, like in the beginning, we used to do it straight from the studio, so we were limited, and the Zoom thing is a new result uh, because of COVID. Anyway, super stoked to have him on. Episode 117. Yeah. Still can't believe we have 117 episodes. So please, you've seen this probably 116 times, but maybe this is your 117. So please follow us on all of our social media pages. Go to our Facebook, give us a like. Go to our Instagram, give us a follow. We have a YouTube page. Please hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. So when we have live episodes, you can stop what you're doing and just watch it. Uh, leave a comment, share it if you like what you're hearing. We have an iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating. If you like what you're hearing, you can leave us a review. All these things help with the algorithm. It's very mathematical and very deep, but it's helpful. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we also have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. We have special exclusive content for our Patreon, such as uh, section commentary. We're going to be doing some sec section commentary with our guests today, Dominic Sagona. We have trick tips. We have three pieces. We have all kinds of new things that we're working on, so please uh, check that out. We have Inside Outs, you know, which are our trick tips. So yeah, if you want to be a Patreon, you can be a Patreon for as little as three dollars a month. And when you are a Patreon, you're automatically in a drawing once a month for a free thing from our online store. That could be a shirt, it could be a hat, it could be a mug. So that's a part of what you get when you become a Patreon for as little as three dollars a month. So we love that. We love our Patreons, and yeah, wow, 102 people watching live, crazy already. I know. Um, speaking of Patreon, let's, uh, give a quick shout out to our new Patreon supporters this week. We have Johnny Dabian, Jeff Orta, Trey Sowers, Francil, and Stuart Hillier. Thank you all so much for being a part of our Patreon. I just put up a, a video the other day reviewing the Oxygen, uh, 3.1s, like it was a brand new skate that just came out. So check that out. That. <laughs> People got a, a big kick out of that one too. So, um, check that out if you haven't, if you're part of our Patreon community, um, if you want to join it. There's a link in the description of this video, so go go check it out. Um, let's jump into our WTF this week. We have uh, a super cool WTF this week from Nolan June. I hope I said that correctly, but I'm going to show it now like this, but I feel like you have to hear the audio with it to hear like the tap, 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 because it's it sounds super cool. Is it not playing? Hang on. Whoops. this justice bam the quadruple tap to fishy yeah. stall super Three sick. kicks with the true fish stall at the end pretty cool the audio is cool because like da -da 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 -da. it's very yeah. reminiscent of our uh guest today he would do something like mm. that ah. <laughs> and that thing is like really oh no you got you got choked up there billy is my internet already failing yeah, no, you're uh, back again. already failing. <laughs> back yeah, again. I, yeah, I was. I, I had to run this in the living room last time uh, on our last one with the Chimp the Giants, and I tried to do it in my room again today. So it's uh, internet's not great in here. I hope we don't have too many problems this episode. But yeah, that thing's really small, so it's a. Uh, it's cool to do it on that thing specifically. Yeah, super cool. Big shout out to Nolan June. And if you do see some cool WTF worthy clips, feel free to send it our way at Jump Street Podcast on uh, Instagram. Give us a little tap, you know. Let us know that. The cool stuff's out there for the WTF of the week. Um, let's talk about our sponsor this week, Blank, which has been supporting us 
pretty much all of 2021. Um, their Sean Keen Pro Model Skate is out now, um, or is out for some people already, and they're having another order soon. Check it out. Definitely a super cool skate. Um, big props to Sean Keen for having the Pro Skate from Rollerblade. I mean, from Blank. And let's play this clip right now real quick of uh, Sven, Blank Rider. Sven, Sven Volker is still killing it after all these years. Thank you yeah, so much, incredible. Blank, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, our last episode, you mentioned it before, with 116 with Jimmy the Giant. Awesome show. Uh, we had It was a change of pace for our guests. Uh, we want to read I really like that one. Yeah, me too. It was really cool. A different perspective. I was thinking about it before. I was like, well, I'll, I'll say it after I read some of these um, comments from the last episode. Uh, we have Four Down said, was a fan of Jimmy's channel way before he got on Blades. So happy he's now part of our community. That's awesome to hear that people actually knew about him before because yeah. to most people are commenting like, oh, who, who is he? Like, what, what does he have to do with skating? But I mean, if you listen to the episode, you understand. Um, we have one more comment from... Mylene, I believe that's how you say it, said, great show, gang. Love hearing someone who's on the fringes of skating with great perspectives and new opinions, which is pretty much the reason why we wanted to have Jimmy the Giant on the show. And I was thinking about it before, and it's pretty cool that we've had like people like Brooke Howard Smith and Chris Edwards who like pretty much invented the sport that we you know, do today. And then we have somebody as new as Jimmy the Giant on who's been skating for like a month. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So it's totally. super cool to hear that. You know, his now, it's really cool to get his perspective on everything. And especially liked his uh, perspective on uh, YouTube and the approach of how to do things on YouTube. And yeah, it's a, it's a really educational episode. I recommend checking that one out. I highly recommend it. Give it mm. two thumbs up. <laughs> Check that one out. Should we cool. just, should we just like bullshit to build the anticipation more for our guests just like no nah, i feel like we should just get in there with our guest i'm super stoked to talk to dominic it's been a long time it and i really been. hope that my internet lasts now that i'm in my room if we have some problems i'm gonna move this straight in the middle of the podcast i'm gonna take it into the living room go for it whatever we, whatever we have to do to get the get it done we'll get it done this it episode done. for our okay. special guest everybody please welcome mr dominic sagona hey Hey, do you like the king's welcome <laughs> no it's i appreciate it man. yeah <laughs> man i've been i feel like i've been watching how long you guys been doing the show now like two years three over three years almost three and a half three? Mm -hmm. man i'm stoked to be here finally like i love it about time yeah it's like all your... gotta, okay. what's that i was saying like all your friends have been on and like you because you were just saying you always watch like when the homies are on and you're probably like in the comments like come on <laughs> no no i like to just tune in and support support like i don't know like whenever you see like rashad or josh or like mike or just anyone who's the homie you know like, yeah it makes sense and, and support be here you know but yeah, um totally. actually like that last episode you just mentioned that sounds actually super interesting to check out it is 
like like a perspective from someone who hasn't been skating for for too long. Yeah, it's super cool, super interesting, and the, yeah, there's definitely like a lot of things. He even made like videos because he's a big YouTuber. He made videos on like his favorite skaters and stuff, and it's so interesting to hear like someone who's only been skating for a month, like who their favorite skater is already, why they're their favorite skater. So it's really cool to hear. Yeah, it sounds sounds insightful. Yeah. Okay, Billy's here. No. Do you know who that guy is? Do you know who Jimmy the Giant is? No. No, haven't heard of him. No, no, yeah, no. I'll, I'll have to check it out. That's what I said. That's why I said uh, you guys mentioned it. I'll have to give it a look. On the way to the next wedding, listen to it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much commute time, you know. <laughs> well, Dominic, it's really awesome to have you on the show. It's good seeing you. You know, we've been friends a long time, so it's always good to catch up. Whether it's at the Blade Cup yeah. or just like chatting in a format like this. But, um, you know, a lot of people are here watching live. A lot of people are going to be watching uh, afterwards. But many know you, some don't. Uh, it would be cool to get uh, into the beginning of your introduction to skating because I remember my time first seeing you was Elements 2. And, like, during the Ooh. Elements 2 time, that was my first time you doing, like, Top Souls to True Top Souls on, uh, I like, that that rail in Santa Ana and, um, and the, you know, USD skates. But, yeah, so what was – tell me about your introduction to skating because I know you're – OG. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I started, I actually started roller skating first, probably around nine or 10, uh, just like through the complex. And I guess like kind of thinking about it now, it's probably what influenced like a lot of my approach towards skating in the later, in the later years, like a lot of like the whole swivel thing and all that. It was just like a lot of roller skating around um, the, the, the complex, our apartments. Um, but I guess kind of fast forwarding to the elements era, I think the, the whole, like, the initial, I guess, blow up um, during that time, oh, God, I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly where it started. I remember I got a call from Joe Navron saying that he wanted to do a section with me. I think I was already familiar with his work, or, uh, yeah, I obviously was. So that, that was pretty huge. Um, it's kind of like getting, like, a, I don't know, it was, it was a big deal at the time. It felt like, you know, to get that call. Um so I think that's where that section came about, but I don't think any of that would have started. Like I kind of came up skating, like my crew was like, like Charlie Ashby, um, like Ryan Delancey, um, my old friend Dave Hong, like West Richmond, who's like actually my business partner now. Um, we, we, own, we own a DJ company that we run together, Wes and I. Um, but it was like through Charlie, he had actually introduced me to, to like Randy, because Charlie lived close to Randy. So like they would skate all the time, and then I ended up meeting like Randy and Louie and Josh like secondhand, and I think that's like that's really what kind of like jump started my career. What's that? Yeah, um, I remember reading like your older interviews back in the day in Daily Bread, uh, you know, back in the in the heyday, and uh, you saying like you know because you had such like a unique style, and I remember like there was a lot of really good feedback to it, but a lot of the time it was so early in it's like what was happening that some people didn't know really how to take it but uh you always reference like as someone you looked up to in that time was like josh petty was a big influence yeah. uh <laughs> why was that why was that and and what was it that he was doing that was different from everybody else bro it was it was strictly josh petty's like and i and i mean this in in, in the very best way possible josh is like my brother for for everyone who doesn't know but it was, it was purely like catering, I think, to Josh's ego 
<laughs> that, 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 that got me sponsored because I wanted to skate like Josh to the very tip of the tee, like the skating. And I had like, I had my fifth elements with like five tongues stacked in them. I'd like get off a rail. Yeah, I'd get off a rail and I'd get off and like, I look, I look like, I look like him. I look like Josh. So literally like, trying to skate like Josh to the tip of the tee. Um, you know, like, uh, baggy, like cargo pants and all. Um, and then, so I think running into him, um, and Randy, like at a school in Fullerton, like Charlie had brought them to a session. Um, I literally think, <laughs> you know, Josh saw someone that, that was like skating like him. So I think that, that really, um, you know, that's why he took a liking to my skating. So I think that that was like really a jump start as far as like getting on like second regime and everything like that, you know, and obviously like, like uh, like Randy and, and Louie are, are great and everything. But I think, uh, I think at least that was like the catalyst for that was Josh saying, Oh, he looks like me. <laughs> so so wanting, wanting to, yeah, that's probably what made him like my skating. Anyway. Did he say he actually liked your skating or he specifically said you skate like me? No, I, I don't remember. It was so, it was so long ago. Right. Right. No, yeah, I was so, saying yeah. it would have been fun if he was like, yo, you skate like me. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the exact, the exact details but it, it, it was something to that yeah to that extent that's a good way to get in just skate yeah. just as good as all of them i mean i feel like that that's like how it is yeah i can, I, I can see that being part of it yeah i feel like that's how it is with anything in life like if you're trying to like like get hired by a certain company or something like that like you need to make like a real or a product that that's going to cater like to like their demographic or like their product or like what they make and Obviously, like looking at it in hindsight, you know, that's probably um, what worked with Second Regime at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so somewhere along the way, though, you kind of obviously became a separate skater than Josh, and you were starting to experiment a little bit with, like you said, like the swivels and, and the yeah. slides and just different things, like the mm-hmm. different ways of doing uh, fish brains and things like that, uh, like in uh, concentration and, and these videos. Like, where did, uh, where did that inspiration come from? Because that had a huge impact on the way people approach skating. There was even like that second regime, like uh, ad for like roller breaking Remember, There was like a kind of, yeah. you did like the half cab sold to like uh, thread the needle and all that stuff. So I'm just curious because that takes like a lot of confidence in, in a, in a time when people are skating one way. I think it was a very set way of skating, like uh, certain set mm-hmm. rules. And um, so, yeah, where did that come from? And, and all that. Um, yeah, I don't think, well, it, it just came from, I mean, like, as you guys can attest to, or anyone who's been skating a long time, it's like, after you've been doing something for so long, it's like, you're pretty comfortable and like set in your, in your routine. So doing something like, you know, like a regular trick, like a soul grind or like a fish brain, like it's pretty, it's pretty routine, you know? So it came from just already being comfortable with where I think I was at. And then just, I don't want to say being bored, but you know, just looking to experiment and, and basically like, and entertain myself or ourselves. Like you guys have skated with me plenty of times and you know, like the best sessions are when we're just like hanging out and like experimenting and trying new things. You know, I feel like we had a lot of those moments, like when I came in and visited in New York and was staying there for a while. Um, so I think that that's where that came from. It's just like, fuck man, let's let this do something new, like doing something the same way all the time. It's just a little stagnant. And I think, no, no, not I think, I know, um, at that time I was really, really inspired by like breakdancing. Um, like when we were living in the Esco house, um, especially Robert, like Robert Leavonis and I, we were always like keeping up on like these Red Bull breakdancing 
um, like world class crazy tournaments that they were having. And there, there was a couple of break dancers on there that we really admired. So I think that had like a lot of influence. Like I wanted to approach my skating with, with like a different um, type of like infusion or just a different type of influence. So I think the concept was to kind of like infuse, I guess, my skating with, with, with something else. Um, another skater who did that and then, um, I don't know, maybe knowing this, you can maybe see it now in hindsight, but was like Dustin Latimer. So around that time, I was really inspired by breakdancing and kind of infusing my, my skating like with as much of that aesthetic or what I thought was that, uh, that aesthetic um, at the time. But then Dustin was at simultaneously infusing his skating with his love of race car driving. Um, I think I think if you like you look at his skating, you really see it just like the way he approaches shit. Like he's always thinking he's a fucking drift car, like apexing <laughs> apexing into something, into some crazy turn, into some crazy obstacle. You know, and, um, yeah. I think that if you like infuse your skating with something different, it just puts a different twist or like a unique spin on it. You know, something that can really um, take it to a new level or like help you stand out. I think. From my experience, the break dancing really definitely showed in your skating too. Where did you mentioned before, like the roller skating, kind of influenced your skating style? Also, how did that intertwine with all this? Were you like that a dancing sh- roller skating? No, no, yeah, no, not not that much. Um, it was just like I think that was like before I had rollerblades, so it was just like a Christmas present for my mom at like nine, and it's just like Christmas morning, and you went out and playing with your new, your new Christmas present. So it, was, it that happened to be a pair of roller skates and then, you know, falling years, a pair of roller blades. Mm. Um, but, you know, on roller skates, you can't grind or, or uh, you know, or do anything that, like, it's, it was a lot of carving and, and turning. So I think that was kind of the genesis of that anyway, or at least, you know, my mm-hmm. first, my first, ex- yeah, my first experience on wheels was that, basically, you know, mm-hmm. thinking back on it now, anyway. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Um. It's it's really. I remember my first time skating with you was in Philly. You guys were on like a USD trip. And skated Temple. Oh, <laughs> just keep okay, going. Cool. You got. Ah. Okay, cool. Like everyone got out and skated Temple, and uh, like it was like you, Latimer, Petty, um, you know, everyone, and everyone was just killing it. And you know, mm. you really were a part of that like USD golden era of like those like top guys, like all that great you know, you guys going to Europe, having like these fantastic trips. What was it like going on tour with all, you know, you being in that group yourself, but with all these incredibly talented skaters of that time in a time of skating where there was a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of good hope and good energy in it. Yeah. um, I was kind of, I don't want to say like an in-between generation, but I had already, you know, like I said, Josh was my favorite skater. So I'd already been looking up to that that generation a lot, you know, like growing up watching videos with, with Randy and Louie and, and just, you know, that whole generation in general. Um, so then I guess becoming, you know, part of that era, um, that was a little mind blowing. Like for example, for Christmas, um, one year I'd asked, like, I think one of, like, one of the only things I asked for was like a bunch of England clothing that my parents wouldn't bought at, like, my, at our local shop, which was, uh, wasn't even, oh, hot skates, orange. Um, and then next year I was sponsored by England. So that was a fucking trip. Hmm. Um, but yeah, coming up in that era, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just that, that was a super, 
I think that goes back to what we were just talked about experimental. Like that was just super like experimental time. I feel like we were figuring or just like trying a lot of new things with skating. Whereas like with the era before, you know, maybe jumping back to like Arlo and Brooks era, like they were just figuring out how to use skates, you know? Um, like what are they actually physically capable of? Like there's space between wheels and like they have space on that space on their soul. But now like we already had products that, that were functioning. So I think during that era, um, a lot of like skating or like a lot of, a lot of the pros during that era were like, all right, so now like what else is capable of? What, 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 what else are we capable of doing with, with these newer, more, more advanced tools? So I feel like that, you know, that kind of added to it, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And then jumping to like your tour question, um, I think I was like 16, 17 at the time, like still in high school. Uh, I'd ran away from home, from my mom's house, went and like lived with my dad. Um, so uh, it was a little, little rough during that time, so, but I was on tour a lot, um, kind of partying a lot, but like doing that was definitely like standout. Like, I mean, when you're 16 and like you're on crazy tours, like doing like this USD Solomon tour, like, that was, that was wild. And just like doing week, you know, weeks at a time out of the country, like, just like, I just bail. I just bail from high school. Like I'm going on tour. See ya. Um, yeah, that was a fucking trip. But my teachers were always stoked because I'd come back and I'd show magazine covers and shit, or like I'd like bring a pair of skates, have my name on them, and put <laughs> put them on their desk. And like, oh shit, like, all right, he's, he's doing something. So um, I, think, I don't know. I think it's just mostly that's, kind of. Like, I was about to say that's that's pretty interesting. Can we expand on that a little bit? So you, so you were skating yeah. in high school. You're you're partying, doing your thing. You're sponsored. You're getting pro skates. You're going on tours. I remember for one ad, like a K two ad, I think you had to leave in the middle of class to go to go shoot it. Um, yeah. So so you're in high school having oh, yeah, this experience. Yeah, <laughs> you're in high school having this experience. Like, uh, what are your peers acting toward you? How is it like with your teachers? And, and uh, you said you had to run away from home. I don't know if your mom didn't like this path of skating. What what was this? Can you expand on this whole situation? Yeah, um, my mom was just strict. She just you know she just wants the best for me. Um, but a lot of that was just like clamping down, you know, I just wanted to be more to focus like on schoolwork and stuff like that. But like we had, we had moved a lot. So like going from one school to another, I ended up failing or like not being as caught up in the curriculum as I should have been. Um, so just doing bad there. So as a result, she grounded me, took my skates, but I ended up hiding skates in my, in my, uh, in my sock drawer for, I actually got, I think there were a pair of, uh, I think there were fits. Like I bought them from Charlie Ashby and I actually hit them in, uh, in my in like my sock drawer for dude for like a year year and a half and she'd go to work and I'd, I'd come home from school i'd take him out go go to the school across the street and practice for for an hour or two before she got home come home and put him what? back in the drawer yeah i did i did that for like a, for like a whole year year and a half dude wow um, your mom didn't even know yeah. you skated for like a year year and a half yeah oh just, my god that's crazy a, yeah and then like my, my dad had had joint custody so like he'd come pick me up on the weekends and he fucking pick up my bag, and they were just it was heavy as fuck. And he just look at me, he just look over at me, and be like, mm-hmm, and put, and put, a, put him in the back of the car. But I go skating on the weekend over over my dad's house too. Oh my god, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Could we talk about this K two ad leaving class thing? Yeah. So um, yeah. So K two needed an ad at the time. I was shooting with Jesse a lot. Um, for those that are that are in the chat or don't know, Jess Darrenforth, um, he he's a or he still is a photographer, and he also owned England Clothing and um, and Fifty Fifty Frames, and was a part of Monarchy Distribution. 
And so, um, because I was working with him a lot, like through those brands, which I was sponsored by, um, he would also end up working with me like for other things. So like K2 needed an ad and it was being published in Daily Bread. He'd like reach out and be like, hey, we need the ad. It needs to be done like by tomorrow, by this weekend, like super last minute shit, you know? Um, so I'm like, cool. He's like, can we do it today? Now I have school. And um, so basically it was just like during my lunch break, it's like, oh, I guess we can just do it. Uh, we'd like sneak out, take off during lunch break. So I'd bail from school during lunch break, went and shot the ad came back, dropped me off, and back to class. So it was like, I think it was just the top torque soul um, on this big group thing. Um, what we wanted to do, which which I kind of pussed out on, I wish I would have done it in hindsight, but we wanted to have it so, um, like I got out of like fourth period, and it was just at, and going to lunch, and then I had these, um, you guys have probably seen it in skate videos, it was at El Medina, so like the Red Ledge School. I don't know if you guys remember those, like everyone did lines, like all these like red ledges. Oh yeah. Um, but they had these big, long, um, like two-story drop-off, big square, like just like cannons, like a 24-stair, like square flat rail death thing. Um, and I wanted to like top soul it or, or soul grind it like in the middle of, of lunch and have like all the kids around and shit. And I ended up being a pussy and not doing that. So we just went and shot the other thing instead. <laughs> You were scared That's because wild. of all the people watching you, like all the kids watching. No, you? I just, yeah, I just, I just pussed out of of doing a fucking of doing a trick like in the middle of lunch at school. That's all. That's kind of cool though. It, it, it would have been cool though in hindsight. Yeah. 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 That that must have been oh, cool yeah. in high school doing that though, like going on tours and stuff, like with uh, some of your idols, I guess at the time. It's really young. Yeah, super young. Um, yeah, and like I guess jumping back to your question. Like how did like all the kids in school act? Like they were, I was kind of like just like, like you know, you've got like the jocks and like the the you know the Asian nerds and the and the I don't know like the sport like the cheerleaders and like the journalist kids and and all that shit. And I ended up just floating between everyone, just like the random dude. <laughs> random. Didn't really, didn't, yeah, I didn't really belong in any in any uh, in any group. That's really. most of us, I think, though. Yeah. Skaters were always just that random crowd of people, you know. Did you go to school with people who skated? Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, I went to school with uh, with John Perez. He like he worked at England for a while, and he's still on the scene. You guys have probably seen him or, or know him. Um, and there's a couple other kids that I skated with, but um, like during that time, I was mostly like skating with like with like Charlie and and, uh, and Ryan Delance and stuff like that. And then that you know that that transitioned into that whole story, the whole second version story. Mm-hmm. So um, I I know like you shortly after moved in with Abdiel for a while, right? Yeah, that was like so towards that was like just after that. So it was like a year after like we were just talking about like shooting that K two ad. Um, still living like at home with my pops, and then at that time, um, I don't know, I don't know, I actually don't really remember how I ended up meeting or like all the Esco guys, but Eric and Abdiel would just come pick me up every, like every weekend. Like, Eric, if you guys know Eric, you know, he's, he's the biggest sweetheart in the world. And he would, yeah, he'd drive two hours, come fucking pick me up in orange and then just go hang out. We'd go skate all weekend. Um, yeah. And that just, you know, that just turned into like, all right, I'm spending a lot of time down here and we just ended up getting a place. Abdiel moved from Puerto Rico. Um, so we just fucking got a place and, and did our thing. That was, that was our first apartment. Um, that was before the Esco house, um, so that's how I ended up down there. Anyway, like just just out of high school. 
it was like either like my dad gave me the ultimate he's like either go to college um or li- and to live under my roof or you fucking get the fuck out so i chose to get the fuck out <laughs> so um you mentioned so that now you're house. fully like you're fully like involved in the skate life now like fully like i'm, I'm living with abdiel we're doing this we're shooting we're filming um the deep end. one how are you paying rent and mm. uh two what was the uh like what do you see as like the future there in skating um i was paying rent for my sponsors so i don't um i don't remember all of my sponsors at the time i think this was i think when i first moved out i think i was still like on m1 um which i think i went that seems later i think to m1 which was like frankie's company and then that um like a year or two later to bhc who i still have a great relationship with with mark trouble um but at that time i think like my biggest check my primary check was from usd um i think rent like between me and abdiel for like a two-bedroom apartment was like 1200 bucks at the time which is fucking insane to think about now rent's like it's like two 2k or, or more for that now um in southern california more than that probably in most places um and like yeah there was no like you know just fucking 18 man i was just skating and, and catching a check and just doing it there's no there's no like long term like long term like super goal like i think at that time you feel invincible and like can skate for a long time you know not forever but like you've got a lot of years ahead of you so i don't think there was like an immediate concern for like what is the immediate future look like i just figured it's the beginning of my career you know somewhat and it's only one way up you know so i don't think i was too worried about that at, at the time to be honest no, I can I can totally relate because I was in the similar boat trying to chase yeah. the same thing. And and when you're 18, you're just like, let's go, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're not even like anywhere close yeah. to thinking anything other than just right there. Yeah. And oh, is rent taken care of? Can I eat tonight? Cool, we're good. Yeah, um, must be super yeah. motivating though too. At 18, like you're living with a bunch of skaters. You're like with your sponsors and stuff. You're getting paid to skate. You're just I really like going out skating every day, just filming fucking shit up. Like, what was the day to day like? that's it man but the day-to-day was the day-to-day was wake up half half an edible and a starbucks coffee and charge (laughs) 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 that 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 was that was the magic the magic ratio it's like a bong rip half an edible and then fucking and a coffee (laughs) that was the balance (laughs) (laughs) you know especially especially looking back at some of like you more far out skating that makes sense you know what i mean like back in the day when it was very eccentric, which is great, by the way. I love that era of you, but that makes sense. That, that seems like the recipe. <laughs> that, line, that, that checks out. That lines up. <laughs> yeah. No food, no fuel. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> California burritos. In right. You guys know, know the drill. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know early on, like earlier than most, you had some like pretty rough knee troubles i mean some people i know they get them yeah. later but i you had some like knee surgeries pretty early uh, what, what was that what what caused all that to happen and how did that end up tts's man like don't big, tell me that big, shit big, don't tell me that shit big, big, well you're you're still doing them <laughs> now so you're fine man uh, no I, I really think that's what it was from it's just like it was just all the torque uh right knee so that's the, the tts name um i think it's just from that just all the torque yeah. 
there's nothing too bad like when I say too bad like um like, like an ACL and MCL like those are those are a little more severe a little more debilitating um so yeah a few few um meniscus tear surgeries which are just orthoscopic um but yeah I mean that was really the beginning of that like they were problematic at the time but in the long run like now like in, in my long-term skating career um they weren't really that debilitating or that that impactful like my injuries later on ended up being much more um, serious or much more impactful than, than my ever was. Uh, which ones in particular? <clears throat> uh, my ankle, that fucking sucked. Um, I, was, I was writing for K2 at the time. I, I wrote, well, for people who don't know, I wrote for USD. I was on USD AM team for uh, maybe a year or two. My primary relationship was with Monarchy and Scott Walker. Um, which was fantastic. And then K2, Louie, I was friends with Louie. Louie ended up heading, doing like all the headhunting for K2 for one year. And I think at the time they had a big like managerial um, like shift. Like Matt, Matt Lacrosse, I think, came on as, I think that year, as like the new team manager. I don't know who was part of it. Um, so there was like a whole um, change like with that program. And then Louie ended up bringing on me and Troy White. So I wrote for K2 for that year, but during that transition, you know, in terms of riding skates, I went from, you know, this hard, uh, stiff, you know, throne, which is a hard shell boot, to going to a soft K2 boot. So what happened was I landed on a stair, um, just like halfway, like this, mm-hmm. like with my toe on the front of the stair, and then my heel coming back, just warming up, and then there's no forward flex support. So I basically just yanked the uh, the ligaments off of like the inside that inside bone, like off the, on the inside of your ankle, if you look down that big knob bone, there's ligaments that go from there to the to your heel, and I just fucking ripped those off. So that that injury sucked. I got a bunch of pins in, in that ankle. Um, and then later on, at the very end of my career, um, or at least when I very end of my pro career, I should say, um, that ankle ended up developing arthritis, which is what's led me to not skate really so much these years. So it's like anytime, anytime I compress my ankle or like, or like, yeah, just compress it. So for example, like doing like something as simple as like a soil and full calving out when you land, you compress it. My right, my right ankle just hurts. But like pumping around a bowl, like um, that, that compression, like just, it just ends up agitating my ankle. So I can't, so I I just kind of try to avoid it. Was that your TTS ankle? Yep. Yeah. But that, that, that movement doesn't hurt. It's compressing forward. Oh, so you can still mm-hmm. yeah, true top being worse. And then uh, my wrist, oh, that was fucking terrible too. I was shooting, um, oh, shooting in Barcelona. And I was shooting, uh, it was, I don't think it was for the BH, maybe it was for the BHC video. I don't, I think it was. I, was, I think it was with Mark Treble. Uh, I think Huey was there. And uh, Kenneth from, yeah, it was for BHC video, I think. And then Kenneth from USC, who's their lead designer, and I think he was he was doing uh, like filming and shooting also at the time. I just didn't feel like skating that day. And then I I I, uh, uh, I don't know that you guys have probably skated this far. I don't know how to describe it, but I did a gap. And it was just like a big rocket 180. And then my my I was wearing rings. I stopped wearing rings after that. But my ring got caught on my rocket foot, like fully extended. And I couldn't oh I remember go. that yeah I remember this oh, too fucking worse bro. And I so I couldn't let go. It's like, you know, it's like a 10 foot gap type. I don't know. It's not small, but not huge. Um, not nice. 
Um, so my ring couldn't let go of my rocket foot and I'm just sideways, like fully extended parallel. And I just did the whole gap and just landed like that. And so this wrist, which was on this side, um, the side that I landed on like sideways, I just landed on that and just like shattered my whole hand, dislocated my wrist, tore the ligaments, just fucking destroyed it. Um, so I go to the hospital. Um, the doctor there tells me that, oh, you, you have a broken hand. Um, so she just casts me up and sends me off. She probably, you know, looking at it in hindsight, she didn't want to fucking deal with me. <laughs> I'm some American, American kid in Spain. She's like, this guy's fucking destroyed his hand. Yeah, he needs a full thing. And you know, she didn't want to deal with me. She's like, oh, you have a broken hand, go home. Yeah, so that's casted for a month. I take the cast off a month later. And, you know, me and Beth are looking at it. My wrist is just dumb, like my arm's dumb long. It's like way longer than my other one. My wrist is all extended. <laughs> it healed like out of place with the ligaments torn. It just healed all fucked up. So I had to get this whole, my wrist completely redone, like a full reconstructed hand wrist surgery. Um, thankfully, I got lucky. I ended up like with a, with a really great doctor. But that just fucking destroyed my wrist. So that, this thing doesn't, doesn't bend. You know, that's as far this way that this one goes. And then this one doesn't go back that's as far back i mean it should you know, go like this but this only only goes to there um i, so I it's never easy it's the it's been the wrists which has been they're so bad i never heard of an arm getting longer <laughs> from a, a wrist injury <laughs> you never you never had yours heal out of place and dislocated for a month so i guess not that's crazy i can relate that with the wrist my wrists are terrible too and they don't also don't bend like certain ways yeah. and it's horrible yeah, I think that's like my number one concern. Is it's like I just don't want to fucking fall on my wrists again. Like those, uh, those are, they're the worst. Like the ankle, I can get by. I can just skate a park and shit. And I'm I'm fine. I can do some grinds and stuff. But it's like the wrist, dude. I just, uh. Yeah, and I I know with uh with with you, we could actually get into a few injuries because I know you had some injuries like you just spoke about that like have plagued you, especially like toward the end of your career that were that were kind of troubling you, but. But we can come back to that. You know, I, w- I want to talk about the unique thing, how you're one of maybe, I don't know, three people who, who bladed who were really into drum and bass. And not only that, you were a, D- a drum and bass DJ. So that, that puts you in an even smaller bracket. So um, how did you get into that? Also influence your skating in any way or have any impact on your skating? Yeah, uh, first introduction to that was staying at the FP house with Joe and Josh. I was like still in high school. I was really into like hip hop and trance, um, which makes sense later because DB is like basically a perfect fusion of that. It's street music, but it's electronic. Um, and not understanding it at the time. Like it was just over my head. It's drum bass generally tends to be something you tend to like around like. Know, 18 like 18 plus like yes and Alec Kai's almost 20 or he's about 20 now he walks in like a couple days ago and he's like hey man he's like he it like just clicked for him like he's like me and my friends really like drum and bass fucking <laughs> coming in <laughs> and showed me tears I'm like oh my god <laughs> um but yeah that was my first introduction and then I ended up getting really into it um mostly like an esco so like they were that whole crew was super into it, like going to parties and everything like that. Um, and then with Bo being a DJ and Bo, like Bo was producing and stuff like that. That was, I think really, really the catalyst or like where I got into it. And then I had like solid time with it. Like, I'd go watch Bo mix or I started mixing in high school too. Um, but like just having peers to, to kind of exercise that outlet with. So that's, 
that's really where that started. Um, and then from there, man, that's, that's, I haven't written, well, I haven't been focusing on drum bass for, for, for the last three years, kind of diverted from that. Uh, but I did that solely like as a, my, my passion for uh, over a decade. Like, I ended up getting on, on a few like decent labels. I ended up on Decent Boys label, like Human Imprint. I ended up on, on Hypes, True Plays. I ended up on, on Viper, which are all, those are like top three uh, UK labels. So um, I ended up kind of like hating like these personal like bucket checklist goals for, for that, like from a production standpoint. So that was cool. Um, but I found out, I shortly found out that like, unlike skating where it's like, once you get on, like, once you get on Senate or like, once you get on like, you know, that big skate sponsor, that's kind of like the initial jump start for your career. Whereas like, I thought that that's how it would work with drum and bass. It's like, oh, you're going to get on a big label and like, you know, that's it, done deal. Like you'll get gigs and tours, but it didn't, it doesn't work like that. Um, and like being like a like a traveling drum and bass DJ, like that wasn't always the end goal. The end goal for me was always to produce music. Like I like the craft. So um I don't know, I just ended like after it just I I wasn't frankly, I wasn't gonna make any money like doing small local drum and bass gigs. Like it's tough. You have to you have to be like on a big worldwide festival circuit and like that you have to be like within the top five percentile and like be triple A. You know, and that's a whole nother ball game. It's, it's all networking, and that, that's that's a whole nother thing from just being, you know, like a grassroots, um, like fundamental like producer. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a, that's a whole different animal. Really. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, don't I, I remember like. That <laughs> no, no, it does, and you know, I really like you put me onto a lot of stuff that I thought was great. I really liked a lot of the music you made. I remember like one song, like Solaris, was a pretty cool song that you made that I used to be like, oh, this is cool, and show it to my friends. I liked some of that stuff, but um, no, it was funny you said back in the day, uh, you're only into things that don't make money, uh, rollerblading and drum and bass. Uh, mm -hmm. Back in the Esco house, I thought that was a funny, yeah, a funny thing to point out. You're like, oh no, I'm just into things that don't make money. So that's that's what it is. <laughs> So true, it seems tough. Yeah. It's so true. So true. Yeah, you mentioned something before. You said something about being on Senate, and I weren't you on Senate for like a week? Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you how do you on how you on Senate for a week? Because the Senate was like the biggest company. I mean, yeah. maybe it wasn't at the time. That's why it was so easy to just like leave. But because I think you went to second regime or something like that, right? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, that's like that's like the ultimate goal at that time. It's like, if you get on Senate, it's like, that's the win. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so shooting with the main, the two main photographers I was shooting with were, were Jess Darenforth and Brooke Howard's, uh, yeah, no, not Brooke Howard's, excuse me, Brian Konoski. Um, and because they live local. And so with Brian's relationship with Senate, he ended up asking me if I wanted to ride for him. I was like, fucking yeah, of course. And so that lasted for about a week because at that <laughs> at that time I was also skating with, with Josh regularly, and he's like, "Hey, no, we need you on second regime." Hmm. And of course, when, when you know when your when your idol slash mentor is like, "Hey, I need you to ride for my company," you know, you're head over heels and you're down for it. You know, I'm like, "All right, cool, let's do it." And he ended up calling uh, uh, Brian or BK for me. He was like, "Hey," he ended up breaking up the Senate for me, so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> long story short so that's why that only lasted about a week 
Well, I feel like at that time it was definitely the right choice because Senate was probably already on its way out at that time, if I'm correct. Yeah, I mean, I mean, either would have been either was a good look, but like at that time it was like, um, like you know, three of the most prominent figures within that outfit are doing their own thing, you know. So it's like, oh, this is going to be the new thing, you know. So yeah, exactly. I saw that. I saw that as a decent move, anyway. At least from you know, as much as as an eighteen year old can can see mm-hmm. at that time. It seems like the right move, definitely, because I don't think Senate really did anything else yeah. after that, but. You know, Second Regime had a insane team. They came out with a couple of sick videos. You know, Vinny was on the team. Louis, you know, it was like a huge, huge deal at that time. So it was like kind of the new Senate at that time. Yeah, that's that's how I the Second Regime. It was the Second Regime, literally. Yeah, that's the name, right? (laughs) That's why. Um, Yeah. Um, You know, I'm actually going to bring something up. This is for like the OG viewers who might know about this. But back in the day, there there was a beef between FP and John Ortiz, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? And that had something to do with you. <laughs> no? It's news to my ears, man. I, I mean, FP, F- I thought, FP. I thought I thought it was because it didn't. someone didn't go pro in, like, Florida ASA, and John Ortiz was, like, a judge. And, like, I think you were supposed to go pro, so, like uh, – it was in an interview with you and Shane Scour and Daily Bread back in the day. <laughs> don't, don't remember that. But I went pro at that Florida ASA. So you did go pro? I think so. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> Maybe not. Right. I think you would remember that. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, it's yeah. been a lot of... I remember, man. FP had a lot of beef mm. with everyone, man. That was their MO. <laughs> <laughs> that was their, that was their yeah, MO, FP- bro. So. FP was a pretty, uh, you know, prestigious crew to be a part of. What, what was that all yeah. like with the, from the back end, it looked like the lifestyle was crazy. Everything was crazy. They, there was some beef floating around in FP. What, what was FP all about? Uh, as crazy as it looks, there's a lot, lot of partying, a lot of just antics, bro. It was just full swing rage mode and then fucking full swing skateboard. It's exactly how it looks. <laughs> With, with Josh and Joe at the helm, fucking running amok. That was, I mean, in a nutshell, without without get, get, getting into the itty gritty details. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Someone's got someone's got to make like an FP compilation YouTube video, like all the best FP moments, because there was so many FP sections or FP related sections, and like Battle of My Cruise or just FP videos that Joe Navron was making. I feel like you can make a really sick like compilation FP video for YouTube on that or something like that. It'd be awesome to see. You have to hit him up, tell him to do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's still editing or. Oh, I think he's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm going to talk to him. You you should have been on that their their podcast during COVID. <laughs> that they did two. Yeah, episodes they did one, for. right? They did two. <laughs> it was really cool though, and it, it would have it would have been cool to have like a full FP podcast with them because I mean, uh, Richard was on it. I mean, Arlo wasn't part of FP, but he was on it too. But like you know, Frederick and everything. It would be cool to bring like as many FP guys in as possible, considering it was Joss and Joe doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess a little FP reunion wouldn't hurt. You know, always, always hit up, uh, hit up Billy Prislin and you know, any of the other guys, Shane. There you go. Um, well, 
okay, let, let's quick talk about the USD tour video because that was a pretty epic oh. time in, in rollerblading. And I, th I think, were you on for the entire tour? Oh, dude. I don't even, uh, I don't even remember, like, fucking remember. Hazy what... times. It Hazy like times, it. huh? <laughs> yeah, that video. Uh, I think, was that, I think it was a national tour. Because we were in like Canada and shit. Yeah, and like Toronto. So I think that was a national tour. Um, dude, that's just the that was just a haze. There's no <laughs> <laughs> there is no lying or fronting about that. It was just a drunken debauchery, skate debauchery. Just chaos. <laughs> but it was good skating, like um that was like super experimental time as well. It was like just Kind of goes back to, to what we were talking about earlier with just kind of like try, like trying new stuff. That was a super highly experimental time as well. I think I mean kind of think about it always, but I mean I don't really have much to say about that tour. It was just it, it was a very for for those who don't know, like skate tours were just very were very typical, like cut and dry. It's like you go to a skate shop, skate, or have some beers that night, wake up, either go for a street session and film, and then you know hit a shop or one or the other. But that's typically it. You live in a van or an RV and you do that for a month straight. Not much more, not much more to it than that. That was probably one of the last tours. I feel like that were like that because after that, either, I don't know if it was a mix of like skating, losing money or just going in a completely different direction or skate shops, not really existing as much anymore. But that was like a, a thing. I feel like that was one of the last tours to actually do the skate shop stop, travel the country to yeah. an RV kind of like hoax. I mean, I can't really picture any that happened after that. You know, that was like a hoax kind of thing, you know, USD tour kind of thing. I feel like that didn't really happen much after that. Like that's when skating kind of took a turn. Is that like an antiquated approach? I mean, I can't really, I mean, obviously I skated a, lo a long time after that, but I don't know, I really speak on it like nowadays, like Billy, you're still skating. So, I mean, what does that look like? Um, what is, what does what look like? Tour life now look like like you just like you just did your mesmer tour in, in spain right yeah yeah oh yeah i mean it's it's the same skating is the same you yeah. i mean like like, like like no but like 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 austin said like back in the day there were skate shops involved i remember us on like the usc tour we'd go to like skate yeah. shops in, in europe and stuff and that would be part of it um i think now and it would be cool to get back to that because it would be cool to like have those demos yeah. and meet those people but I think now it's just like out filming street, getting photos, like, you know, going to street skating spots and keeping it not as interactive, you know? Yeah. There aren't any shops to, to, to have like a checklist to hit every day and stuff like that. And not as, Oh, I guess there's a lot of, a lot of like cement parks now you could kind of, you could have like dem like demos at, or at least like gatherings, you know? That's what I feel like. It'd yeah. We need be, demos. I feel like it'd be mostly be that fine escape yeah. park in the area somehow and just, take it over, you know, just come through and post like on Instagram yeah. or something like the whole USD tour, the whole Mesmer team is going to be there, whatever the hell it is and, and do it that's like it. that. That's the way to do it. Stop giving our stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's about to do that for sure. We're like Wednesday night skates and shit like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dominic's a new, like Dominic's that. a new Mesmer manager now. <laughs> VP, <laughs> Dom VP. Yeah, Perfect. Already dealt, 
Billy's already dealt with me as USG team manager, and that, and that lasted about a whole year. So I didn't know you were USG team manager. <laughs> USG good hands. I didn't know you were USD yeah. team manager. For a whole year. A whole year. How, how is that in comparison? I think, I think everyone has taken a stab at being USD team manager and lasted about <laughs> yeah. a year. I've heard that's I've heard, true. I've heard a few people. That job changed everyone hands a lot. So I, I did it too. <laughs> I didn't know you were a team manager also. So what, what what's yeah, it like being yeah. USD team manager compared to being USD pro or whatever? Like obviously more responsibilities, but like, is it worth it? Like <laughs> you, you, you make $200 more, but you book all the flights. <laughs> $200 more. That's it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. About. <laughs> no, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, if you, if you've seen any of those like mob documentaries is like the, the boss, the underboss and like the captains, like the underboss, deals with the captains and then you kick it up to the boss. It's like that. Like you manage the team. And mm -hmm. then yeah. uh, if you go to Matias for like the managing that that's been done, so he doesn't have to talk to everyone directly. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're a filter. Yes. Yeah. I get that middleman kind of. <laughs> yeah. For a few hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you book everybody's flights for 200 bucks a month. <laughs> oh my God, dude. We used to have so many funny, like crazy stories about like, uh, or just the arguing about the money at USD and like always oh. like, there would always be injuries and like, can you produce? Cause it was like, I think early times in figuring out how to like pay people. And there were so many people, so many things that was, yeah. Funny, funny time. <laughs> yeah. It's, that was a whole nother thing. But I mean, but for the record, fucking Matias is awesome. Like, he's, he's the best. Yeah. Dude, he's, he's I, like, I, I can't speak on, on behalf of other skate companies. Like I don't know the owners of, you know, like Rosie's or, or Rollerboy, for example, but I don't think there's, too many like bigger skate companies where the owner's actually a skater and actually fucking has passion about the product and wants to make something new and is always investing in, in, in his product and his brands. And you know, he's, he's been like that forever, you know? And then even, even like just seeing him now, like still, still going with all his pro with all the projects, like, in you know, seeing his interview again, um, just great to see, man. He's he's so supportive. So, I mean, for the record, he's he's a great guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He was just on the Then and Now Blading podcast, and he kind of leaked that he was working on something with you. Yeah, yeah. They like I'd hit um, I'd hit him up. Uh, when was this? Maybe maybe like a few years ago. And like I hadn't talked to him for I don't know, maybe like for years, like probably like six, seven years, like after I basically like just stopped skating for them stop focusing on pro skating. Um, and I hit him up, dude, to cash in my checks. Like, hey, man, I need some skates. Um, and so, yeah, he was nice enough to, it was nice to talk to Bauer, too, for a little bit, but he was nice enough to, to send me some skates. And then, um, yeah, I brought up, he's like, hey, let's do, we should do a, a Sagona Pro Skate. And I was like, oh, it's like, I'm not really skating all that much. You know, I can't really promote it and stuff like that. He's like, oh, he's like, it's fine. He's like, well, it'll be cool for like uh, our USD 25th anniversary. It'd be cool to do a CI Pro Skate. He's like, all right, well, you know that I'm not really skating too much. And you know, if the team's okay with it, and like, they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to have to promote it and skate it. I mean, not 100%, but you know, you don't have me doing a whole section for it. Hmm. Um, you have to go back on tour. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if every, you know, long story short, if everyone's okay with it, then sure. I mean, why not? So, yeah, we've been working on that. That's been cool. Like I just got got some photos yesterday of um, late camp. So um, I mean, one step at a time. But it looks like we're pretty, I guess, pretty far along. Uh, so I don't, I don't know a release date yet. But 
we'll see. I mean, it takes time. It takes time with with, with logistics and, and production in China and all that stuff. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. What, we'll see. It's supposed to be sometime this year. So I don't know how much you That's can really leak cool. about it, but blink twice if it's going to be gold. <laughs> <laughs> I can't leak any colors. Um, you know, when we work, just blink twice. We, that's when it. We work, when we're approaching it, um, we wanted it to. I think, like a lot of the other guys, is pro skates. Like Richard's skate was red um, because you know that's just classic Richard. And like they, and like did, did who we have the skate? I think who had like a green A on, right? Yeah, the green. Yeah, I think you know. Um, so yeah, a lot of like we. I don't want to want to give away too much. Um, you know, it's, I mean, we took into consideration all of my old skates and we used and, you know, and what the project looks like in terms of like giving, you know, legacy pros or the all-star team, like their, um, their newest skate. So we took all that into consideration when making this one. Um, so, I mean, that's all, I don't want to give away yeah. too much. No, totally. Like, you know what? Cool. Actually, let them sweat. Let them sweat a little bit yeah, because yeah. I, I think that... I actually had them like, um, like when I turn when I turn on the cam when, when I was waiting for you guys. I actually had them sitting here behind me, and I had to fucking move them move them out of the space. You guys <laughs> couldn't see them. <laughs> oh, nice! So they're, they're over here. Did, I loved your gold skates though before, and I know that um, Damon Franklin always like spray paints his skates gold, and always reminded me of yes. your skates. And did you used to do the same thing? I think you used to. You said once you spray painted your skates gold until you got like the gold pro skate. Yeah, that's where it came from. Just spray painting them, and then when it's when it's time to to do a new one, it's like let's just fucking do it gold. Shout out to Damon, man. He's fucking killing it, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, that's where that came from. It was just from spray painting them. You, you've been through a lot of different eras in skating. Um, and we talked about a bit who you looked up to coming up and the companies you've been a part of. But um, is there anyone who catches your eye these days? Or what do you think about the direction skating's going? Have you been paying attention to what's happening in the, the modern times in skating? Yeah, I mean, of course, I still, I still watch. I've always thought, um, I always thought, like, to be an interesting... I always thought it was interesting to think about, like when I was, you know, like when I was at the top of my game, I guess, um, to be like, what, what, what does the next generation look like? So it's been super interesting, and I'm sure, you know, for you guys as well, I've been skating just as long to to watch, but uh, just to see where we're at and, and who's doing what. Um, do I have any? Do I have any favorites right now? Not really. Like, I think a lot of my favorites, like they aren't. And if they aren't the newest skaters anymore, like I still like, you know, I still have like a lot of admiration for, for our generation, like, you know, for, for guys like you or Roscoe, or, um, you know, so it's, it's not too much of the newest. Oh, dude, you know, I fucking loved, dude, I loved the, dude, who's that? What's, what's his name, dude? Who's that new kid that, that's on your AM team, dude? With the, with the, yeah, the, his name starts with a D. Dennis dude. Lopez. Oh, dude, that dude's sick. That dude's sick. sick. That dude's yeah. sick. Dude, that was one of the first, first, and he's so captive. That's what I love, dude. I loved his delivery. He's so casual, dude, but like in the right way. That shit yeah. was dope. Yeah, I mean, a lot, like a lot of the new, like a lot of newer skating, it's, it's really technical, um, and it's really like 
it's really delivery focused, but you know, um, not how I always imagined, I guess, skating would be at least from my perspective or from my approach. So that's been interesting to watch, but I think from like the newer generation, he was like one of the, one of the, the newest kids that I watched. that was just, I guess more modern. And I was like, dude, that was like, that kid's steezy as fuck, man. Yeah. That was really cool. I really liked that. That was like the latest, anything that I'd seen. I was like, dude, that was, that was fucking dope. Oh yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like I don't, everyone's got their moments, man. Like, Dude, that like that still that still shot of Bellino with the seven that blade cut, Mine. yeah, mm-hmm. that shit. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone everyone's got their moments, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I really have have too much like to pinpoint, I guess, in that regard. Like, well, like, do you, you think know, see, uh, skating? Do you think skating is on like? Uh, do you think skating is on like uh, a different trajectory now than when we were? At, like, what's your projections? Just. I'm curious to know as someone who's been involved as long as you've been in like seeing the ups and the downs and you know, where blading is now with John Julio's work and what you think the future yeah. holds. Dude, it feels so grassroots right now. Doesn't it? Like it Absolutely. feels, yeah, it feels like right now it's like primed to just kind of go up and anyone who is skating right now, it's like, they're doing it. Like, you know, they're not making a big check. They're not making like Feinberg, Levi's, X Games, Gravity Games money, you know? So, you know, anyone who's skating skating right now is doing it just to do it. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like, you know, running that parallel of where it is now and comparing it to where it was, you know, when it was grassroots, I don't know how many X years ago, but, you know, a long time ago, it, feel, it feels like there's some parallels there. Um, so I feel like it's just, you know, it's just going to grow. But yeah, like... You touched on John, like, you know, having guys like him, you know, do their own thing. Like, I really feel like it's like a, like a new beginning almost, you know, like there's so much new blood, you know, you've got all the guys that have been doing it for so long now, kind of um, putting their foot down and, and making the industry theirs, you know, everyone's kind of like starting their own companies. Like you got Mantra doing Icon and, you know, Hobio then and you're doing your thing and, Frankie's, you know, he's got his own brand. So it's cool to see everyone kind of like having their own brands and their own images, fostering, everyone's fostering their own talent and their own flavors. Um, I mean, it's just, it seems like a new beginning a little bit, you know, and especially also like, uh, yeah, it just seems like a new beginning a lot. Yeah. I what, do like- think? What, do you, what do you guys think? You said it pretty much I think, right. I mean, I think so. I, I I feel like um, I feel like a lot of the attitude for a long time was we got to bring skating back. Like we got to bring it back. We got to bring it back. And now mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking of like maybe it's just to sh- present it correctly for the first time. Like maybe. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's why I like your analogy of like new beginning because I see it as a as a new maybe beginning that could be. I don't mm-hmm. want to discredit anyone that's that's contributed in the past because I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that. I don't think it was delivered properly then because it was so immature. So not that the skating and the personalities weren't, but maybe the delivery. And now we have an opportunity to deliver and present in a way like that is can show all the history as well, you know, uh, because that's all a part of it. So uh, I think it's all valuable. And I, I do see it as a new beginning. 
Um, yeah, I think to kind of like pivot off, like pivot off your point, I feel like it's like yeah, but like before, like the primary or like one of like the biggest concerns was to like, 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 like you're saying, like, like bring it back or like sate, like somehow like satiate like like what we should be or like where we should be, like maybe in comparison to other sports. But like, whereas now, I feel like at least from an out like yeah, an outside perspective, it's like it's like it's like there's almost like a I don't want to say like like a don't give a fuck attitude, but a bit of like this is where we're at now, and it's like it's like almost like that attitude is like this is what it is regardless, and you're not trying to like fulfill some like weird like void or something. I don't know if that makes sense, you know? Like you're just like it is what it is. Take it at face value, and that is like what the value is in in terms of it, of it like being a new beginning. I guess. Mm-hmm. I like that that new beginning kind of phrase because I think that since rollerblading has like been in like the dumps or whatever like this is the most exciting time because it's kind of like it's finally yeah. like we're like yo we're taking this shit back now like you said like everyone's like they're doing their own thing now because they want to see shit happen they want change yeah. to finally happen so it's like we're finally taking this shit back you know and that's like i think this is yeah. the most exciting time since blading has been down you know and and people haven't been able to, or pros haven't been able to make living a living off of being a pro skater yeah, and now it's like it's more modern. So just kind of how we we're touching upon at the beginning of the podcast, it's like in this day and age, you have to figure out new ways to monetize your sport, um, but not in a bad way. But you know, for example, it's like you know now you can have like a big YouTube channel. Like you've got like Ricardo Lino doing his thing, or like or like Jan, and like you guys have your videos. You know, that's one avenue that you can monetize thing, things. You know, you could do uh, video on demand. So, you know, that's another avenue. Um, you know, skate brands, um, although that you know that's an older. Um, an older business model or an older way to make money or a more traditional way, you know, they're at least paying riders better royalty now. So it feels like, whereas before when I was a pro skater, like that was my primary concern or my primary uh, job. It was like, that was your sole source of income. It's like your pro skate sponsor. But where now is it's like, it's a little bit more diverse, um, kind of pulling from, from more pools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a very fascinating time. And, uh, you know, who knows? Like, you know, by nature, I'm, a, I'm from New York. I'm a cynic, but we still out here fighting and it's cool. It's, uh, it's an interesting time and it's cool to be a fan right now too. I like, uh, enjoying all of that. Um, mm-hmm. so quickly we could pivot away from skating and, you know, talk about, maybe actually we could talk about skating a little bit, but, um, like your last part that you filmed I, was the, was it the BHC part or was it the USD in Barcelona part? I think it was the USD one. The USD in Barcelona part. So I remember like that was overcoming a lot of injuries and that was like, I think seeming like your last part, like a almost goodbye to skating at that point. Like what was your uh, mindset during that time and, and transitioning with everything? Yeah, that was fun. Um, but also like hard and a lot of work. Um, I, I was literally coming out. Yeah, I was coming out of an injury. I don't remember which one it was. Um, but I was living in Redlands at the time and then Richie and Dustin, Eisler and Lubeski, um, they were, uh, they were living at the, at the, basically the power slide house in Barcelona and just like, like, as everyone knows, you know, Barcelona is the best city to skate in the world. Um, and so just like having, having that asset there of, you know, of the house, of a home base to, to, to stay at, um, and then with those guys to skate and film with, it just seemed like a great way to, to basically have like 
you know, just to just to get back on the saddle. Um, so just basically that like that 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 ended up going from a month long trip to a three month long trip. Um, but it took a while to like get warmed up. Like I hadn't skated for you know for eight or nine months prior to that, and then um, it was just good to just kind of get immersed and just kind of focus on that one thing for a bit. That was cool. And uh, like after you finished filming that one, were you at a point where you're like, okay, I don't think I'm going to continue this anymore. I'm going to transition away from skating. Like wh where were you out after that? Yeah. So what happened was I finished that. And then instead of moving back to California, um, Beth, the wife, she was like, Hey, let's go to Arizona. And, um, so she moved us to Arizona and I ended up going straight from Barcelona back to Arizona. And that seemed, kind of seemed like a no brainer. That seemed it's killer. Like Arizona's got great skating. James was doing like the revolution skate shop thing there and they had like a nice core scene. So that kind of seemed like a no brainer. Went back there, but it was like there where I, where I started to develop like those, um, like the symptoms of arthritis in my ankle. So that like, like my ankle basically just started hurting one day and then uh, it just wouldn't go away. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of, that was kind of like the end of that there. Like it had been hurting for a while and Demetrius was like, dude, we got to figure out what's going on here. So he paid out of pocket to, to take me to a specialist, get my ankle check, checked out and say, Oh, you got arthritis. It'll probably always hurt. So I was like, all right. So I just kind of, kind of made a decision to, to kind of just chill out with skating at that point. So yeah, that's where, that's where that transition went from from Barcelona. Uh, your AZ, wow. AZ was Demetrius. Yeah. Demetrius paid out of pocket though. That's yeah. That's he was something. your health. Demetrius was your health insurance. Wow. <laughs> oh crap. What a buddy! Shout is out he, Demetrius. Is he still doing that? Is he t he's still taking on clients. <laughs> I could do some health insurance. Um, I don't know, but I, 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 call, I call him anytime I need to go see the doctor. <laughs> You go to the hospital, they ask for your insurance card, and you just give them, you dial, you dial Demetrius, you give him the phone. <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's what's up, yeah. Demetrius. Yeah. That's a homie. That is the homie yeah. right there. Yeah, I, I remember, though, when uh, in Arizona, I didn't realize that was right after that trip, but in Arizona, um, that you would, we would skate together, and you would like only be able to skate for a short amount of time because yeah. you'd be in pain all the time. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot that there was like that time for a while. Yeah, like I did my whole, I forgot about, I did like a BHC, a short section due, due to this. After that, and like if you look back at the footage and if you know this, you can see like like all my weight is always leaning on my left leg, which is my good, my good ankle. So like anytime I land, it's like everything would be landing like somewhat, like just like weight prominent over here. So if you know skating and, and if you know my skating, you could kind of pinpoint it. A little bit, yeah. I was, I forgot about that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a while. Uh, yeah, I was only landing like with all my weight on one side. And it was like at that point, my God, I had to chill out. I can't even skate properly. So, did you? Um, because I seen you skating. Maybe it was probably a while back now, a couple of years, but skating on like big wheels and shit, and just giving it like a like a long cruise. How was that? Was that any better or no? That shit's so fun. So you do like it. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Just I still go out, like stick around around local, around the house, take the dogs, or just go for a sprint. Yeah, dude. Matias, I mean, it's power slide, dude. They've got they've got state of the art, the best fucking 
urban and speed speed stuff that you could get. So yeah, Matias sent me some stuff. I got some big 125s. I've got four 90s. I've got like some carbon fiber Evo boots. Like those are light with like some huge wheels that you fly. But, yeah, those are fun, man. That's that's, that's an easy ride. I see. You're good then. You got some. Yeah, I guess yeah, I'll, go, I'll go to the skate park and, and roll around, but it's like, dude, as soon as I take that spill, dude, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever you ever consider like uh, the wizard style of skating? Because I feel like you would have a lot of fun with that stuff. Yeah, this, uh, that like reminds me almost of like, it's almost got like a slalom crossbred. Yeah, kind or, of. like influence to it a bit, right? You could break dance the fuck out of those things. <laughs> 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 you would get busy on those things. You'd be swiveling yeah, all no. over the place. No one would know what happened. No, yeah, the whole dude, the whole free skating shit's actually really cool. Like just like skating, like dude, big wheeling through the city. When I was in Barcelona, um, I don't know if you guys know Greg, but he rides for Rollerblade, and he, dude, that guy is an animal. So we'd go skate from like spot to spot. And man, we would do. We were tracking. We do. We do at least like sixteen kilometers a day, just like going from spot to spot, and then actually skating easily. And then, uh, but just like skating through the city and like, it'd be like full intersection, like five, five lane thing going each way. And he's just full speed. Let's both ways. Just fucking doesn't slip. Doesn't, doesn't fucking skip a beat. He just skates right through. Might swerve a little bit for a car and dude, I have to stop and be like, oh, I'm not going to die right now following you. Mm-hmm. And like, when I, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, dude, that shit's fucking dope, but dangerous. That shit's right. dangerous. Yeah, dude, that's like skating. It's, I mean, it's it's like skating through New York, but it's just like it's even the streets were just like bigger and faster. Than you guys, man, yeah, it's insane. I was about to say the same thing too, because one of the first times that I like wreck bladed or like big wheel bladed in recent years, I just skated to the. I went to the city. I skated from downtown to the ferry. I skated to like Times Square, and I was gonna skate back. And I'm coming back. It's like rush hour. And I'm like, usually I would be in the street, but it's a rush hour, so there's like a thousand buses and cars and taxis everywhere. So I jump out of the way onto the sidewalk. And since it's rush hour, there's so many people there. I didn't know how to stop, which I never would have thought about before. I crushed this lady and I was going so fast that I like, I'm halfway down the block. I turn around and there's like three or four people helping her up off the sidewalk. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't stop. And I just kept going. But that shit is dangerous. I can imagine doing the same thing in Barcelona too. Like I destroyed this lady. I felt so bad. She just got out of sport. She just got out of work. She's probably like, oh, I can't wait to go home. And I just fucking annihilated her. (laughs) No, I know, but it's, it's, it's awesome. But it's completely different from like what we're used to. And it is like intimidating in a weird way. You wouldn't think about it, but it is a little intimidating. If you're going that route with it yeah it's it no like you're right Billy. it's a different sport like watching like like uh like lomax or like danny like dude those yeah. guys are those, yeah, i love watching those guys dude, it's a whole whole another animal they mastered it yeah those guys are, are gnarly yeah yeah lomax really got like on a different level at, at some point like a few years back where he just started he's just on another one <laughs> monster yeah. bro he's a monster dude he really monster, is dude. Yeah. He's, dude, yeah he's yeah you're right he's he's been killing it dude. and um, and the whole the whole it's like it's good to see like you talk about instagram game like you got like lomax and, and damon and, and demetrius mm-hmm. those guys got got instagram game on point dude, all their posts are fun and fucking dope killing it killing it yeah. so a whole other thing Whole, whole new way to fucking market yourself. 
I mean, yeah, D- Dimitri's just put something out recently that it was like a compilation of some tricks he did last year, and it was just like yeah. just a short little thing on Instagram, like sixty seconds, and it was just out of control. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's everyone's attention span: sixty seconds. Is yeah, that so much perfect. easier than taking a whole year to film a section like twenty years ago? Yeah, it's like <laughs> such an it's such an antic. Like that's what it was for me. You know, it's like yeah, like it, it would take months, and then you know, I'd see like guys like. Like Alex, you know, Broska, I'd be like, oh, I filmed this in, in a fucking week, like on tour. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I could, I could net, like, I just didn't produce at that, at that high enough rate, like, to do that. And then, you know, even another step above that, like, we're talking about is the Instagram shit. It's like, dude, now you just, like, bang out clips on there. And it's like, you don't even need to do big sections. Yeah. That shit's way more impactful than, like, almost than, like, having, like, a big VOD. It's like, you, everyone sees it every day. It's good for marketing, keeps you present. Yeah. Like you said, uh, you know, yeah. um, the attention span is short these days. Yeah. So if you put a lot, if you put a lot of work into a VOD, it might, yeah. you know, you know, you might make money cause it's a VOD, but it's gonna, you know, kind of get forgotten pretty quick. Like, and even like, you know what I noticed now? Like even like a lot of the old stuff that like we grew up skating, that's like, because it's not on the internet. It's almost like it didn't happen. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like right. some of like these old videos, like I was looking for poetry in motion the other day and I was like, oh, I can't find this. Oh, oh right. I guess it it didn't happen to like most people. Like, do you know what I mean? Did you like dream only it? to us? Huh? Did you dream it? Was poetry emotion just uh, yeah. a facet of your imagination? <laughs> no, exactly. I was like, well, it's not there. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's it's you're right. It's like the how how you engage in today's world is much different than what what we're used to in terms of like film a whole whole section. Like, what's effective and how to adapt to that. So that's very interesting to watch. Yeah, it's it's a, totally new for these people like us who've been, you know, who are an older generation. So it's completely, completely different marketing model. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing like what, what we used to have to do at all. Yeah, yeah. Poetry motion. That's like that's like uh, now it's like the what's that? The whole the mandala effect where she's, where uh, Sinbad was never in Shazam. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Was there a poetry motion? Was there poetry motion? We don't know. Yeah. It's not. I can't. It's not on YouTube, so I don't know. Yeah. It um, took 117 episodes to get a Sinbad reference on this show. <laughs> perfect. Thank you, Dominic. You're but, welcome. Uh, there, there, there's two things that you said before that rung a bell in my head, and I wanted to get them out before I forgot about them. It was when you were talking about Dennis Lopez before. The first thing was you said when you were on top of your game used to think about what the next generation was going to be like mm. like why would you even think about that like what were you even picturing the next generation being at that point i don't know it's like picturing like what's the future look like like do you guys like what is 80 years from now look like you know i don't know maybe fucking dead, right <laughs> right so well, it's, it's it's like that it's like what is it it's just it's, yeah, just, wondering. it's just it's just a pure wondering it's like well, what what's you know what what's what's going to be the hit movie in 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 2094 so i don't know yeah but it was very much in line with that thoughts like you know and, and when and when you're and when you're skating and and that's all you're doing you're a pro skater and that's that you're at the top of it like that's all you're doing you eat breathe and you sleep skating so it's not very far-fetched to think like oh what is what is my craft or what is my sport going to look like you know 20 years from now who's going to be the top pro or like what is it going to look like mm-hmm. i don't think it's too far yeah. removed to, to think 
No, I, I remember thinking about that too. And even I think in some of your interviews, you it would be like a point of top discussion. Like what are people going to do? 720 Truespin fish brains? Mm -hmm. Because it got yeah, to the point where so yeah. much big stuff was happening at that time is like, yeah. well, whoa, what, what's, what's after this? What's next? And so it's, uh, it's, yeah, that, I think that was like a normal topic of discussion at the time. Sure. I feel yeah. like everybody's assumptions would have been somewhat wrong though compared to what actually happened. Because like you just said, 720 true fish, we are like, oh, are people going to be doing 1080 true fish brains? Like, nope. Right. Like they it went a completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that's not how it works though. You know? No. Yeah. It went well, a completely I mean, different direction. It's like, it's like any trend. It's like things like what ends up trending or is the thing that's the antith antithesis of what is currently popular. So it's like, we should have known better that if going big and skating was like the big thing, of course, 10 years later, going to be something like more smaller scale more technical and more focused mm -hmm. you know yeah that's yeah. a it's a topic of conversation that we have a lot more these days i think now than was had back in the day because everybody's anticipating the future now like that's this is the way like you said everyone's attention span is 60 seconds everyone's like yeah. in, in the future everyone's living in the future already you know so it's yeah, something that we here. talk about all the time i feel like and especially on the show too we talk about that a lot with our guests also like what the, what does the future hold for us I don't know. It's really, it's, we got we got guys like you pave, paving the way. Who's paving the way? There we go. You guys. <laughs> you guys. Um, and, and I want to. Uh, we have two hundred twenty-two people watching live right now. I would like to remind the people watching live, please, if you're watching live, hit the like button. And in a little bit, we're gonna bring some of these super chat questions to Dominic. So if you have some questions, you can super chat us. We split half with our guests, and we do take. Uh, questions in the chat but if we get overwhelmed by super chats we won't be able to get to those we prioritize our super chats we try to get to all questions but we don't want the show to be dragged on too far with questions so we're going to get to that in a little bit but before that we have uh some more questions we want to get to with dominic and shout out to our sponsor blank um dom so like with your skating and who you said like uh, the people you've been interested in you know in the past josh josh petty you say you really like what denny's doing right now uh, how important do you think fashion is in relation to skating? It's always been important. It's part of your your. It's part of your look. It's it's. I, I think it's. I mean, if you're out, I mean, I'll probably be proven wrong, but if you're out skating naked, you're not going to look as good as if you've got something that compliments compliments your style. You know? <laughs> Adam Bender might have something to say about yeah. that. Yeah, that guy, dude. <laughs> he had a spread, a naked spread in Daily Bread. No pun intended. A mizu of all tricks. A mizu of all tricks. He, he, he used to he used to hang out with us, and we'd pick him up from the airport. First thing he would do is get naked and go jump on the trampoline. <laughs> no, what a guy! The first yeah. thing, first thing, dude. You be like, uh, "Bender's here." Fucking walks in the door naked to the trampoline. <laughs> you think he'd be like on the plane, like on the plane, be like. Damn, I can't wait to get off this plane and take my damn clothes off. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I felt uneasy with clothes on. I, I guess. Yeah, you want to be one with nature. Thing. No, it's super important, man. It's like if you stop or like what you wear is super important. It's like that accentuates who you are, right? You got guys like Carlos who looks like a metalhead, skates like a metalhead. You know, you got guys like Montre, maybe a little bit more hip hop focused, dresses like that, you know? So obviously it's important. Or if you got guys like Ledoux, dude, he's fucking. Yep. He dresses in a way that complements his skating, so it's super important. Of course. Mm -hmm. Not d definitely like, and uh, 
you know, like the other day I was actually out skating and like, just like that, the, 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 something was a little off and I was skating, the pants didn't feel right. And I just felt yeah. like I had, I had no style. I was like, where's my, I don't have, yep. where's, my, where's my style? My style's in, in my <laughs> clothes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, it's a part. It's a, it's a part of feeling good. It's like yeah. it's like if you, when you get dressed up, go out looking proper. It's like it's the same thing, dude. Getting dressed to go skating was just as much of getting dressed like for anyone else. If they're getting dressed to go out for a special occasion, it's very, very like much thought of, very much considered. It's like hey, you got to wear this, got to be like this. You know, to an extent, like a lot of it was like that. Yeah. I was completely oblivious to that aspect of your skating, besides the shirt on the head. I think I was oblivious to the rest of the fashion style, unless that was part of the fashion. <laughs> was that was that like a, a, a conscious decision like that, like part of the the fashion to match your skating, the shirt on the head? Um, that was dude, or the that half was shirt, like, the half shirt on. Yeah, that was dude. That was literally an, a, a social experiment in hindsight. It was like I remember like consciously saying to myself, "I'm gonna do something as ridiculous as wear two different color skates," and I just want to see if kids start picking up on it and then like sure as hell you know i'm at the skate park and there's kids wearing two different color skates mm. you know so like literally in hindsight i didn't call it a social experiment at the time but it really it was um it was literally that's literally why all that was done it was just it was just to be outlandish just because it was just just for fun it was just just being bored with the same old things uh, it's got to do something new and that's where that's where all that came from just fuck it you know yeah. why because skating is fun Skating is yeah. supposed to be fun. Yeah. All the best. Yeah. I'm sure as you guys can attest to all the best things from skating, it's like they, they come from having fun. It's like all like a lot of like the tricks that I ended up doing for years, like came from like us skating together, experimenting with, with an obstacle or like a concept that you could do only on that obstacle. To, and then that develops into a trick and then you refine that trick. And then suddenly you're doing some shit you own bottle. Mm -hmm. and it's all about having fun with your friends and then kind of thinking outside the box literally playing with your kids out play on the playground think of some weird shit to do and then you say oh that could be kind of cool and then you refine it you know you kind of get more comfortable doing that and you put your stamp and you, know, you instill a little bit of confidence in that maneuver and then suddenly you got something new for sure that was that's that, that's the formula that is the that, formula. That, that's what's always worked for me it's just having fun this, this this kind of segues into the second part of what I wanted to ask you before when we were talking about um, Dennis Lopez because you were talking about his um, like the, the delivery of his tricks and you've yeah. said in the past that delivery of a trick is the most important aspect of skating. 100%. Please please elaborate, educate, please. Yeah, because I mean you could you could okay so let's, let's <laughs> you could do the craziest gnarliest switch up on some crazy down rail. And you could look like shit doing it. Like maybe you did, you know, alley negative, whatever, to 360 negative, what, some, something stupid hard, right? But it's going to look like shit to the outside eye. This has always been my philosophy and my approach to skating. So you got to do something that looks good to, to someone who doesn't skate. So if you can make it look good to someone who doesn't skate, then at least you're kind of growing your audience. And you're, you have your skating then has more mass appeal than in my, uh, from my perspective at least so it'll, it'll look good from an outside eye and then it'll also look good from from your niche from people who are within your community so you know then you, you, i don't know it's kind of a net positive there in my book um and that's all in delivery it's like you could just do a fucking cool steezy front side or back side down your handrail or you could use some convoluted 
stupid, ugly switch up and the fast slide or back slide, back slide is going to be a hundred times better and be easier to do and, and more fun in my opinion, in my opinion. And, and that kind of like it's, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, fucking Dennis did a fakey stair ride. Looked like he didn't give a fuck. And that, that was like one of the best things in that whole section. Yeah. <laughs> no, right? it's, it's, yeah, no, totally. Right. It's cool. All like on the attitude. all yeah. on his attitude. Yeah. Bomb as fuck. Now delivery is, is so important. Like the yeah. approach, the landing and, yeah, it's something like, yeah, you, you definitely talked about for a long time. And I think there was like a lot coming into like how you would approach tricks too, like and come off yeah. tricks. There was like a lot to it. And that's cool. Like the, to have that perspective, it makes sense now for to like attract people outside of skating to like make them understand it and what's possible, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you, like I think going back to well, your comment right now about everything before and after the trick, you have to think like, where are you spending the most time on your skates? It's on the ground. So why are you putting the least amount of time into that? It's like 50% of what's being filled, if not more, is you skating up to it. And you've got, you know, two seconds of your grind or you know, longer if you're doing something longer or whatever. And then, the, and then your exit, it's like, those are all like you're, you're overlooking like the, like the two biggest parts and so yeah that's where that started it was just if if we're spending most of our time on the ground then why not focus on 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 that part of it you know it seems pretty important mm-hmm. no i i really love that philosophy too because i've never even like like looked at it that way like where are you spending the majority of your time on the ground yeah and i never thought about that i remember even like in the past like i'd be very trick focused yeah. and like I, I like now that i'm seeing things differently from years of skating like I could see people on the same way, like they'll do a trick and they, and they come off and they just want to like turn around. Like they'll, they'll just want like the trick to be over once like the grind is over, but yeah. there's still like that whole other space that over, you yo. can like make, that you can make look good, you know? Yeah. Dude, you threw, they threw the, the whole canvas away. They fucking threw some paint out like, and you and you threw the canvas. Like, dude, you didn't, you didn't even start, you didn't finish your painting. That's true. <laughs> it's yeah, true. You, you were one you, you of the few skaters that would actually utilize the space between lines, between your tricks and lines. That's the whole point. You, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, yeah. off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone else used to do that. You're always swiveling around doing some fancy footwork, whatever, just making use of all the space in that line, not just getting from one ledge to the next, you know? Yeah, you know, he's killing that is, is Ledoux. Yes, he's absolutely. So, dude, he's one of my favorite skaters to watch. Man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's every, he like, yeah, he encapsulates, I think, that philosophy 100%. Mm-hmm. That that goes to the parkour shit. His background and yeah. even even the the Jimmy the Giant episode, the last episode we had, he's a parkour guy. He mentioned something similar too about that too, okay. like utilizing all that and mixing it together. And um, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely true. Matt Ledoux, he's like a wizard. I think he flows like water on those on the skates. Yeah. You know? so good. Yeah, there's a lot like even like um, you pull a lot of inspiration like from the slalom guys. Like those guys got crazy crazy footwork. You know, like I remember like one of the first times I went to Korea. For a USD tour, it was one of the first times I saw slalom skating in person. And I was like, dude, I, I thought I could skate. These guys are fucking, <laughs> these guys are crazy, dude. And like seeing some of that shit, you know, that's all they do is skate on the ground. So, yeah. So, for everyone who's only been skating a little amount of time, focus on your groundwork. Totally, totally. I love that you say they just throw the canvas away. Yeah, no, <laughs> I like that. That's such a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're not done That's yet. That's cool. 
No, it's cool to get, it's really cool to hear your philosophy on a lot of that stuff because you do have this very distinct style of skating. So I think with, with, with what comes with that is a vision, right? Of how you see skating and what you like prefer to see or what like is valuable to you in skating. So I think that's, uh, that's really cool to hear that. Cool. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, and it, like I said, in a bit, we're going to get into uh, some questions. I think it's funny, uh, really quick, that you uh, a big fan of Matt Ledoux because Ledoux oh, kind of reminds me of your skating a little bit from some era. <laughs> there are totally some elements mm-hmm. of your skating. Yeah, and he's got, he's got a lot of Dustin influence too. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's my Josh Petty influence carrying over too much. I was thinking that. <laughs> I was thinking that. No, but it's it, it's really cool. It's um, yeah. Uh, those are two good uh, places to pick from if you want to uh, refine your your skating or like test new things. Like because those are such like revolutionary approaches. Like you and Dustin, in each of your own way, just had like some like uh, approaches that completely like changed the face of skating and a super iconic moments in skating that, uh, just can't, you know, can't be recreated. So really important stuff and really cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to get into some of these questions. I'm curious, what are you doing these days? You say you have a, uh, a DJ company. Uh, I meant, I heard something about weddings a little bit. What's yeah. going on in your life these days? Yeah, that's the bread and butter. I just, I run a DJ business with my business partner, Wes, I grew up skating with mostly weddings on the weekend. That's it, man. Just doing that. That's the that's the daily grind. Slight change of pace from pro skater FP house. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, uh, to be honest, it's, it's it's a little easier than than jumping off roofs for a little, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Better on the ankles and knees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely more befitting when you're when you're on the sport. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have, I didn't realize how many questions we have. This is, could be breaking records right now. We're breaking records right now. Episode 117 here, Jump Street Podcast. Dominic Sagona, breaking records. Breaking records. Um, <clears throat> should we get started with these? I think we lost Billy. I oh, know there we go. I think so. Okay. I, th- I, think, I think now would be a good time, especially since we want to steal Dominic for a bit after, and we've already taken some of his time so let's get into some of these questions some get into some of these shit. super chats yeah well we have the uh patreon questions first we oh, ask okay. our people on our patreon too if you're part of our patreon community you get to and you're not able to watch live you get to ask questions for our guests so uh first patreon question from hjj all day who says that he was so hyped to see you on the show he says um or they say what was the inspiration for the crisscross skates was there uh a homie with the opposite set <laughs> <laughs> No, that was pure luxury, man. I just I had two two different color skates or I had a bunch of shells, USD shells, and then like I, I spoke about earlier in the shows, it was pure social experiment and just having fun. So it's just did, just to do it for the sake of it. Did it matter which skate had the white and which no. skate had the black? No, I, I don't know. That was a that was a long time ago. Okay, I, I don't know. If, I don't think. So. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know if you're like oh, the white has to be yeah. on the left or something. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure at the time there, there was a, there was a preference, but I don't remember. Mm. Um, I think if I picked it, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Don't want to overthink it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our second Patreon question from Danny Keyblade Please. says, "Hello, my question is for Dominic Zagona. I'd hope so. Um, <laughs> when you are at the street spot, what is your thought process before you approach the obstacle you want to skate? Thank you and happy New Year." 
Um, I usually try to look for just like things that aren't done at the spot or like just like the weird thing at the spot that most people wouldn't think to look at, you know? Um, you know, whether that be like rolling on something to get to something else, like always just trying to think of like, just like the most interesting thing to skate there aside from like just the waxed ledge, you know, although that's fun, but you know, I mean, part of the fun part of skating is, um, is being experimental and inventive and, and looking for something unique and fun to skate. Yeah. So that's usually the first thing at a spot. If it's, if, if the spot allows for it. I feel like you're one of the early adopters of that aspect of skating. Consider all yeah. things considered, you know? Yeah. So yeah, just something, something fun to skate other than the ledge. If, if you can find if it, if, it, if available, if available, you'll find it. Yeah. If it's not there, you'll find it. You'll make it work. All right, let's get on to these super chats uh, for everybody watching live. First of all, of course, we got the classic 99 cent super chat from Mr. Chad Hornish. He has a couple, he has a couple of 99 cent super chats from Chad. What up, Chad? No questions, just showing some love. Yeah. Uh, another one from Stephen Wolpe. Thank you for the support, Stephen. Uh, our first super chat question. I don't even know if this is an actual question from C Dub, who says, "Shout out to all the OGs I watched on VHS tape, FP, and all of those from Battle My Crew era." Flame emoji, flame emoji, flame emoji. It's on VHS. Never happened. <laughs> yeah, like we like we established already <laughs> with poetry emoji. It's gone. Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next super chat from Philip Lemoyne, who says, Aloha from Hawaii. Y'all, congrats on Mesmer Skates, Billy. Dominic was one of my faves back in the day. Hope y'all crush it in 2022. LFG. I won't say that, I guess. <laughs> but you know what it means. Uh, I'm not allowed to curse on the show. I've just been a ball of F-bombs the whole time. Let's fucking go. You can curse. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay well, I, I, I fucking blew that one. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna have just like a fucking slew of fucking f-bombs now <laughs> in the chat the rest of the episode is r-rated now uh next super chat from sean michelson who says uh wish i could continue watching live i just wanted to say thank you for all the blood sweat and steez you injected into this culture much love and respect brother cheers dom mad love thank you thank you brother uh Super chat from Jose Lizarraga. I don't know if that's how you say it. Um, I remember seeing Dom throwing one of the craziest off-axis spins at the Fiction Barbecue in Long Beach. Thanks for all the inspiration. Still one of the best styles ever. Do you Thank remember? You, sir. Do you remember this off-axis spin at a Fiction Barbecue? Uh, I I would assume he's uh, referring to some sort of abstract thing. Um, I do not remember the Fiction Barbecue. I was about to say, is that like related to the fiction brand? Is that what he means? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, we got a super chat from Alex Paz. It says, shout out to my cousin Austin Paz and Brother Fish. Yeah. Thanks, man. What up, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Second time appearing in this podcast, Nolan June says, thanks, guys, for having me as the WTF of the week. It was a huge honor. Well, you fucking killed it. Um, Dom Sagona, if you make it to Blady Cup, I'd love to burn one and buy you a beer. Thanks, you were at the bro. last couple of Blady Cups. What's that? You were at the last couple of Blady Cups. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll see you, see you there, Nolan. <clears throat> um, another super chat from Shadow Sniper who says, uh, what yeah, was your first rave? What was your first rave and how did that influence the music you produce? Uh, first rave. I don't remember my first rave. Oh, that was a bad one. We won't go into detail on that. <laughs> bad, bro. Um, I think my first, you know, I can go into some of it. My first rave, I, think, I don't know if it was my first or not. Maybe Louie took me to it. Because Louie was super, like, again, jumping back to the Esco scene, they were, they were rave heads. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was my first one. And then what was the rest of the question? Um, how did that influence your music? It's just drum and bass, brother. I do. Yeah. That's my, it's my, that's my buddy, Randy. It's just drum and bass, baby. Yeah. It's a lifestyle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you like what you like, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 17 BKS says K2 spent a lot of money promoting their video models renting ferraris they rented ferraris for those daily bread ads oh. really damn but how much did you guys film for it <laughs> yeah so that was the year jumping back earlier in the show um that louis brought on me and troy and then matt lacrosse pretty i don't think he was team manager part of that so he was the new team manager and they he went way over budget on like he <laughs> on renting sports cars and supermodels and high-end hotels in vegas to go on tour they just threw us a book of cars like pick any car threw us a book of models pick your girl and wow. then fucking just went to vegas and we all had our own car they got a porsche 911 turbo for the week <laughs> stupid stupid that sounds like a good time so, were, you, were, you, were you driving them or were you just taking photos yeah. with them no we're driving Sick. yeah pick your car <laughs> Damn. that's dope yeah so, yeah, I never wanted K2 to he, come back until right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Dude, he was fired the next year. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, support Mesmer. We'll get that shit popping, too. Yeah, he was fired the next year. We got that, dude, that was dope. Or, I mean, wow, that's yeah, wild. Yeah, K2 has wild. some money. K2 also had the, was it the $10,000 minute or the, the $100,000? I'm sorry, Austin. No, the K2 had like the ten thousand dollar minute, or like the hundred thousand dollar minute, where it was like a big ad in Daily Bread. It was like submit like a one minute line or video, and you could win like a hundred grand or something like that. I think so. I'm like, it sort kind of rings a bell. I remember seeing something like that, and, I, and, I, and then I saw people talking yeah. about it later on, and I don't think anybody ever won. Like, I, I don't. Maybe yeah. they lost money or something. I don't know what happened, but I feel like people were talking about it years later, and nobody knew who won it, and it was like big yeah. bucks too. I think it was a hundred grand. I feel like it was a hundred grand. Someone yeah. mentioned in the comments if you know. That's quite a that's quite a move. Everyone's just like skating for the for the hundred grand, and they're just like, ah, never mind. <laughs> yeah. No. Yo, you say that you say that now, I'll like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, never mind. A hundred grand, I'm good on that. Yeah, I'm good. That's <laughs> yeah, too much. We we were wrong. We gauged that wrong. <laughs> never mind. If you have a hundred thousand dollar minute now, everybody skates for a minute on Instagram, like we were just talking about. You throw a hundred grand at somebody, they'll do some shit. Yeah, straight yeah. up, almost anything. <laughs> yeah, for real, hundred grand. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Next super chat from Eric Rodriguez, who says the goat when it comes to style and presence. Appreciate you, my G. Hashtag Blady Gang. Thanks, brother. Uh. Oh, Nickel and Dime, L.A. says one of the steeziest bladers in the game. 
and also says support your local blade shops. Support support nickel and dime if you're yep. in the LA area. Shout out nickel and dime LA. Uh, we got a super chat from Roll with Roy. No question or anything. Just showing some love. Thank you. Oh, Rory. Roll with Rory. Uh, another one from John Holt, too. Thank you for the love and support. Um, 17 BKS says, shout out for Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> Someone like the Sinbad reference, too. Uh, Pierre Gark. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Dom, what is your favorite skate of all time? Your first throne. Any specific one? Yours? They're all the same. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> Your yeah. yeah. Good choice. Any particular reason? Yeah, just just worked? Yeah. Just worked. That would have been a good tagline for that skate when it came out. The UFS Throne. It just works. It just works. <laughs> it just <Yeah>. works. <laughs> UFS Throne, a good skate. <laughs> That's what we need the marketing to be these days. A good skate. If, any, if anyone needs marketing advice, just hit me up. <laughs> um, John, a, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, I didn't, I didn't, I, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Also. No, I feel like you have more important things to say. No, no, I was, was going to ask, is, is, uh, is Mark doing all that stuff for you, Willie? Yes. Okay. Like all, all the all the visual and all the graphic work? Yeah. Shout out Mark Moreno. Mark the God. Yes, the sir. Best. Yeah, it's so good. Um, next super chat from John Nicely, who says, shout out Beth's fire-ass chicken tacos. That's my brother, John, right there. What's oh, shit. Bro? John Nicely. Yes, sir. Uh, Fred Castro. Um, is Dominic still doing those dope cinema 4D, 3D art? Have you ever worked with Mike Johnson on client projects? Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about this when you said, like, what you were up to now. Yeah. Do you still do that? Non-stop. Um, yeah, I do still do that. I'm actually currently working on a couple things to maybe there'll be a career shift here soon. So we'll see how the, I'm in the middle of, of an interview process. So we'll see how that goes. Oh. Um, I know I've never worked with Mike. Mike's been doing it a lot longer and he's employed by much bigger brands. Much bigger brands. Your work is legit though. Like your Instagram feed, the stuff that you post is like legit as fuck. It's a, I mean, well, it's one thing to be legit and one thing to, to be legit and make a living out of it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I feel like when you're that legit, it can't be that hard to make a living out of it. We're working on it. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where the, the tides turn. All right. All right. We'll follow up on that. Wish you luck on that, Dominic. Thank you, sir. Um, next one. Uh, another one from John Nicely says, Dom's Dua Lipa, Let's Get Physical, Drum and Bass Remix. Flame emojis. <laughs> 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 uh jt says no questions just wanted to show some support dom you and latimer influenced me and rollerblading so much you're a goat thanks jt appreciate that bro gotta agree with jt thanks, on that sir. thank you sir uh we have a couple more super chats uh surf blader it's your boy michael keeney keeney yeah michael what what up bro what up, Mike? Man, I, I had some crazy times on tour with that guy, dude. I know. I was talking to him earlier. I was like, yo, 
what should we what should we do? What should we talk about? He's like, ah, I'll hit you up with something. <laughs> but he, I don't yeah. think he ever did. <laughs> what, what a good dude, man. He's the best. Oh, man. Me, and, uh, me and Peck, dude, we're on tour. I think we're in, uh, we're in like, like super north upstate New York, like border. It's like right before we went to into Canada. And uh, me and Josh, fucking, dude, we did bikini. We took the, uh, the fire extinguisher and we sprayed him down while he was asleep. It had to be like seven in the morning. So, you know, we were, we were a bit a bit out of our minds, but we sprayed him down with the fire extinguisher. He woke up, so, it's in the video, he woke up so mad, red eyed, <laughs> all, all, all that shit in his eyes, which you can imagine fucking hurts. And we're an asshole to do it, but we thought it was funny at the time. Um, <laughs> so we sprayed him with that, go through that whole thing. But then, but then we get a call from USD and they're like, and they're like, hey, we got an email from the hotel. They said that there's some weird white substance that's lining <laughs> the room. Um, what is this, guys? And they end up fining us for, for all the room charges. Rightful, and rightful, rightfully so. How many times did that happen on that tour? I feel like that would have happened at every hotel room you guys went to. But for some reason, we thought it was cool to be destructive and like we were rock stars. So it was no good. No good. It made for a good video, though. It did. It made for a good video. But made yo. for a good video. Yeah. Keeney's the nicest guy ever. How are you gonna play? How are you gonna play Keeney like that? Yeah, that that tour that tour was a different time. And, 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 on, and on that tour, Keeney Keeney was pretty mischievous. So don't, don't let him don't let him make you think otherwise. I think he, he he kind of alluded to that too when we talked about that. Yeah, don't, we don't let, him, don't, let him, yeah, don't let him don't let him make you think otherwise. Man. <laughs> All right, we won't get into that anymore. Keeney, we still love you. Uh. Still with the super chats, we have Andrew Scherf who says, "What is one of your favorite skate trips or tour memories?" Uh, they're all. I mean, it's a pretty like kind of watered down response, but they're all, they're all great. It's, it's tough. You can't can't really pick one. Though. It's like it's like picking a favorite food. There's, they're all great. You don't have a favorite food. It's all good. You don't no, have a favorite food. No, I like it all. Beth's chicken tacos. Those are good too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I don't don't have one. Andrew, Andrew also super chatted and said, uh, "Dom, if I ever get married, I need you to DJ my reception." <laughs> of course, sure thing. Have you ever worked a, a skater's wedding? Um, Whether coincidence or I guess. No, but I've I've uh, like worked like other friends or like um, other like German based seen friends weddings and stuff mm. like gotcha all right um we have a super chat from mr aaron schultz who says how did you like skating your usd cyrus pro model i always thought the cyrus lacing system was a little out there but the colors and materials were really sick i had a pair in february of 20 of 2002 i don't remember um, you having a pro cyrus i didn't yeah that was my first i think that was my first pro skate and i think um i don't think i was super into it but I mean, when it's your first pro skate, you just you just say yes when you're that young. You just take you just you take what you can get. So, um, you know, skate it, skate it. Because to be quite frank, it wasn't it wasn't USD makes a lot of great products, but that I don't think that one was really up there. Um, yeah, but skated it anyway. It's, yeah. <laughs> not much more to say about that one. Yeah, it ain't no UFS throne. Yeah, so yeah, not not like a throne. It, it's a fairly clunky skate, right? It's like beefy and heavy, and just not what I look for, really. In the skate. 
I look back now at like footage of like Abdiel skating the original Cyrus's, and I'm like, damn, he made those skates look so fucking good. And I, I spoke yeah. to him about it too, and I was like, even his like, was it like his four two section or whatever? He skates the all black Cyrus's. I'm like, damn, he made those skates look really fucking good. And I mean, they weren't the best skates, I will agree, but I still there's something about those skates that I still love, and I would love to like hold a pair of my hands again, you know? Maybe it's just nostalgia, but I thought that was a good-looking skate at the time. That's got to be nostalgia. Have you guys, have either of you ever skated Oxygens? I never have. If you're a Patreon member yeah. of our uh, Jump Street podcast, I just did an Oxygen 3.1 review that I posted this week. Ah, I'll have to subscribe. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> but I just skated Oxygens last week for that video. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like those fall, like although I haven't skated them, I feel like those fall in line with like, with a Cyrus, where again, I'm skating, but like they're just heavy and clunky and just it's like a fucking ski boot, man. Yeah, makes sense. At the time, it was, but if you, I'm not gonna give anything away, but if you watch my video, you'll be surprised uh, at how big, clunky, and heavy they actually are compared to yeah. today's skates. But, I used to um, love you, them back in the day. I used me to too. Love I, I love them yeah. also. Like, I thought it was a great skate for the time. It was very out there, and nothing has been like that okay. since, but it, it worked. It was great. It worked. That's what it was. <laughs> Oxygen yeah, skates, it, it they work. <laughs> they yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but I mean, I also used to love like like rollerblade lightnings with no sole plates, you know? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It, it, it was that era. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it wasn't working really much. About, how do you guys feel about carbon skates? I don't like soft boot skates. Yeah. Yeah, I also I also think that carbon doesn't belong on a skate. I never liked carbon state skates, but being said that, having said that, I did ride the new faction skates, and they didn't feel anything like I remember a carbon skate feeling. So maybe there's different technology now or something like that. But I always just I always saw plastic was the way to go with skates. You know, I like a skate with some love. You know, some giving it. It needs to like bend a little bit. You know, but did you you never rode the carbons? Did you? I tried like the. Like when USD made their first aggressive carbon skate, I think it was, I don't know if it was a Deshi or not. Um, I don't know. When they had that transition where they started applying like their carbon technologies to an aggressive, aggressive skate, I tried them. Too light for me. I literally, like, pulled, my, I literally pulled my groin just striding because they're too light. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, because you, 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 you got to stride, you got to push, and there's no, there's no, there's no weight there. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was like just, just threw my groin out. Yeah, that, sure. I mean, it's not to say it's not a good skate, but for me, they're, they're um, I always found them to be too light, too lightweight. Yeah, I always every time somebody says to me like, "These skates are too heavy," or like, "Is that a heavy skate?" I'm always I'm the only one I feel like thinking I don't mind little weight on my skates. Like I like feeling it there. Like it, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm used to it from skates that I've skated growing up. But I like having the weight on my skates too. I like that heft. That I mean, you need that. I feel like. Gives you something to throw, like if you're doing a gap or something like that. Exactly. Kind of a little bit of balance. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of balance there. Um, not to say, like like I said, I got some some free skates and like urban skates, and those I like those in carbon because you're just chilling. You're, yeah, that's fun. That's great. Yeah. In that respect. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on all that. Uh, we still got a super chat is still coming in, by the way. So this is you're very popular cool. guest. People like you, Dominic. Did you know that? <laughs> i'm honored we we um, did we did a, a poll on our patreon to uh, a couple weeks ago who um they wanted to see on the show and you were one of the top ones so awesome. thank, thank, you for having me. thank you for making everyone's dream come true 
<laughs> really, really, really reaching for the stars there. <laughs> um, so next super chat we have um no question just a, a super chat showing with some love ryan delancey thank you so much yeah. ryan for the support my brother we, we, we spoke about him a little bit uh during the show oh there we go oh so we had to show we, some love we, 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 we're skating with, with him and uh and charlie ashby he used to be like an old bgs Oh yeah, Ryan Delancey, hell of a skater. Dude, fucking amazing, bro. Amazing skater. Amazing. K twos. You, you hear that? You hear that, Ryan? You hear that? <laughs> I know he's probably he's probably listening. So he's gonna kick up another twenty now because he said that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jake Watson, um, no question, just says you're a legend. Cheers, Can't disagree with that. Uh, super chat from Paraffin who says. What was the last picture saved on your camera roll? <laughs> Super random question. Uh-oh. What do we got going on? Oh, it's the Trump Street Podcast post. <laughs> nice. So anticlimactic. <laughs> oh, no, you changed. Oh, yeah, that's changed. I was doing something with Arlo. Bam. Look at that. And before that was a, that was a picture of my computer, which you guys are being broadcast at it. So nothing, nothing exciting. <laughs> uh, that was a good question, though. I like that. That could have been. Uh, that could have gone anywhere. That right there. That, that could have been, been anywhere. Dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a super chat from Robbie Pitts. He says, "Love you, Dominic. Could you kindly talk about your relationship with John Jenkins and the making of your iconic M1 section?" Smiley yeah, face. Man. John's awesome. Um, met John through Frankie. Frankie uh, ran him one, obviously. I think John was living in Florida at the time, which is how Frankie knew. Um, I mean, we're all kids, but like, I think I think that was. You know, forgive me if I'm wrong, uh, John, but I think that was like one of his first like bigger like kind of gigs like within the industry. You know, at least working with Frankie and stuff like that. So that was cool. He was like, he was straight to work with. He was just down, down to film and just there with us. Even um, I was like super nitpicky at the time. So he didn't let me like help like with the editing or like help super direct and supervise it. So, which is why that section turned out as chopped up as it, as it did to many people's dismay. Um, yeah, he was great to work with me and still is. I ended up working with him a lot in AZ because he lived in, in Arizona. So I know you guys saw him there. At least he did Austin. Mm-hmm. It's my roommate. Yeah, there you go. The the intro to your M1 section was one of the best intros to any section. Also, the like 450 that sit on the fence. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pure, dude. I you knew trying that shit like that 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 sidewalk. It's just a sidewalk, <laughs> so there's just not enough angle to get over the fence. All right, fuck it, just throw it anyway. And just and it ended up being okay for you know all things considered. <laughs> That's the best way to fall on that trick. Yeah, it ended up being okay. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> By the way, Robbie, I like your your YouTube picture right there, your thumbnail. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, Robbie's a superstar, man. He should like go into acting or something. He is a superstar. He's Robbie yeah, is on another should. level. Yeah. Like in every aspect, his talk about fashion, like we were talking about before. Yeah. Holy shit! He came shit. to mind when we were talking about it. I was, he was one of the first people that came to mind, actually. Yeah. How can you not think about Robbie? And the way he yeah, like mixes it with his skating too and shit, it's fucking incredible. Yeah, I love that he's doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. I love that too. We love you, Robbie. Uh, super chat from Santiago Ramos. No question or anything. Just also showing some love. 
And another one from Sasha, Sasha Sims as well. Thank you so much for the love. Um, you might have heard of this character, Albert Huey. Says, <laughs> Menace. What, what is this? What's the crake, Dom? What's the crack? Yeah. Why is he? Can I ask Al? It's got to be 3 a.m. in Ireland right now. <laughs> What's going on? It's yeah, probably little... something like that. We got a Wednesday night, 3 a.m. Come on, Al. <laughs> He's about right. He said, Well, miss you, buddy. Tell them about the time you got arrested in England. Drunken bar fight. Ended up arrested. Got picked up the next day on a tour bus. <laughs> I was there. I was yeah, there. Yeah, no, you were there. You were there. I remember I getting in the bus and you just looking at me and just <laughs> just like, no, man. <laughs> man. What a yeah. what a what a time. What a time. <laughs> and as of now we have one last super chat from Derek. And it just says anyone who skates USD. <laughs> He's a That's, fan. It. That's it. That's it. But thank you for or mesmers in this regard. Let's go. That's cool. Um, we we got a few questions. Like I think we'll take two or three questions. We've had you for a while. Not you know we went through that pretty quick. So we'll just take a couple questions we have over here, and then we'll get into our uh, Patreon post section review thing where we watch a couple sections that you did in the past, and we go through it with some of your commentary on it. Okay. Uh, cool. Um, Nathan Moore says, was Airborne Detroit the best stop on the USD tour? Yeah, man. Uh, I think that's like, that stop we always look forward to just because of the uh, Farnans, man. They were just super gracious hosts. Um, and great park to, to boot. So never, never a bad stop for sure. Like, yeah. like the world-class skate park and then world-class hosts. Yeah, it's great. No complaints. Yeah, it seemed like a fun stop of the tour, especially for that yeah. one with Walt and everybody. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Sure. Um, Harith Hassan says, what was it like filming for Amateur? That's a classic, iconic video. What was that like? Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you not remember? I think what happened for that was Shane hurt himself, and it was literally... Like I got a, I don't know if I got a call from Joe or if we were already filmed. No, yeah, because I think because literally I think the first trick in that section. Or am I am I wrong? Do you guys remember like Shane hurt himself and it says like hands yeah. part of the, yeah, yeah. yeah, like it literally. And then the, the first trick I think is that flat rail the down. I think that was also the first trick I filmed. And so it was almost like chronologically mm-hmm. like what had happened. And um, I, yeah, I think like it, like it wasn't like a. It wasn't for show. It wasn't like, you know, we already had footage of Dom. It was like, oh, hey, Shane's hurt. Fucking, can you fin- actually finish filming this? So, yeah. I mean, literally, literally chronologically, is, uh, I think, like, some of the tricks were, were what happened. Or, like, what was filmed within that order. And so you weren't going to have a section originally? Yeah. Oh, no, that, I was, so that's I was, super I was, accurate. Like, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It, was that, <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't for show. It was, it was actually super accurate. I, I, pinch, I ended up pinch hitting for show. Oh shit! I thought that was just like Joe's antics, like yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was all, it was all true. You were like, "I got you." Yeah, yeah was... no, that was an epic, uh, iconic section too. With that, uh, with that one song, like the, uh, it's like some Boston that... rappers. I can't think of the name. Oh, no ordinary that? love, no ordinary love is the name of that song. Okay, so check, yeah, check that out. That one's good. I think so. Ah, we'll see. Um, 
so we got like one more question we'll take here. We got a few more, but it's a bit scattered. So we'll take this one last one and uh, then wrap up, watch the sections. But Max Fervor says, what is Dom's favorite video? He had a section in and I would follow up to say and add to it. What would be your proudest moment in skating? Um, I don't know if I have a proudest moment. It's kind of a lot of highlights or just, yeah, yeah, a lot of, I don't know about high, yeah, there's a lot of moments I'd like or appreciate. Um, favorite section, um, maybe my M1 section or, um, or my Barcelona section, although like, I don't, like all the tricks aren't the greatest in that, just because it, um, it has some of the most recent, like I guess my most recent skating. Oh, oh I also liked um, my BH section with, with the Henrik song. Uh, that's some good clips. Mm. Purple haze one. Yeah, uh, there's some clips. There's some clips like in each, in like in all of those that that I like. Um, if I, I think if I had to pick one, it probably maybe the M1. One. If I ha like had to pick one, that tends to be like if like um, if I ever have to show someone my skating, uh, that tends to be the one that ends up coming up first. The Hendrix section. The M1, my M1. Oh, the M1. Okay, yeah. yeah. So John, John's, John's at it. Yeah. And you didn't have oh. a proudest moment. No. No proud moment. They're all proud moments. Yeah, oh. More like a lot of shameful moments. <laughs> <laughs> There's only valleys, no peaks. Only valleys, no peaks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we had another super chat that came in also. No question. Just showing some love from item clothing brand. Thank you so much. Oh, for man, the love. That was my first skate sponsor ever. Item clothing we, brand? Yeah. That's my buddy, Jason, Jason Spriggs. I used to live in orange. Um, and just from skating Stewart skate park, he like went there, saw me there and then ended up picking me up. And it was just, just like a, just like him and his dad, dude, making like, it was when super huge, like beyond baggy jeans were, were in fashion. So they were making those and they sponsored them. So Jazz, Jason, I think they're, well, I don't think they are. They're doing new stuff now. Um, so you go check them out. But yeah, that was my first sponsor, man. Oh yeah, that's wow, awesome. It's crazy that they're your first sponsor and they're here still present in the, in the metaverse yeah. world in 2022 <laughs> item clothing brand. Uh, yeah. Donating to the super chats. Wow, crazy. That is really yeah, he just, he just, he just relaunched his brand. Here's, here's, I wear your hat every day, Jason. Yeah, he's that. That's wow. it. Wow. I wear that shit. Every, almost it. That's like my go-to, and I, I just throw on the, the run around. What about the big pants? It, look, it, it looks like a hot <laughs> item. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got the big pants to match that. I'm sorry, Billy. No, I said it looks like a hot item. That hat. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure Jason can, can plug it in the chat. His points or what's it? Sick. Yeah, hey, drop it in the chat. Well. Dominic, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we got to have you on again in the future. This is a nice catch up. Uh, first time having you on yeah. 117 episodes. I have no idea why it took us so long. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about having you on for a long time, but it's good to have you on. Do you have any last uh, shout outs, uh, words of, uh, you know, ending words, anything like that before we get into the uh, sections? No, I mean, not too much, I guess, for, for anyone who's a young or a newer skater, just skate to have fun. And have a good time. And uh, that's it. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. 
This has been phenomenal. The crowd is going wild right now. You can't hear them, but maybe you can. The crowd's going wild right now. Well, with Dominic thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to everyone who took the time to, to come in live. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you. There's, there's a lot, I got a lot of messages on, on Instagram and stuff like that after you guys made the post. So it's been super awesome and humbling how I support. Hell yeah. That's awesome. You're the man, Dominic. You're an icon. You're a legend. It's so good to have you on the podcast and a friend. I'm proud to call you a friend as well. So it's really, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you, guys. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming on, everyone. Thank you for watching. Dominic, stay on the line. We're going to continue yeah. with some Patreon content, but everyone else will catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. Later.